Trevor, and welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. If you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and, in essence, catch up on our cinema! So it is the month of November 2022, and is once again that very special time of the month wherein we do our very special Catching Up on Blu-ray episode. Uh, and in joining me in this endeavor, I have my good buddy Brad from the Cinema Speak podcast. How's it going, Brad? It's going great. Glad to be here. Uh, my apologies. I did uh, miss last month's episode. Uh, you did do a solo one there. Uh, I, you know, just my wallet couldn't handle in a, a month. I said, Trevor, please, I need you need to give me a month off. I can't I can't window shop for another month. And you're right. All right. All right. You can take a month off. But I'm back and I'm ready to spend now more than ever. <laughs> That's right, he's back, baby. And it just <laughs> happens to be Black Friday month, so yeah. um, I can totally see why you'd want to have a buffer month uh, so you could save <laughs> up just a little bit so you could uh, have at it uh, this month of November. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of Black Friday, Brad, uh, before we get to the calendar proper, uh, would you care to share any of your picks uh, for, for this year? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few picks that are worth mentioning. Um, I did do my annual Best Buy trip, uh, which it seems to happen earlier and earlier every year. Uh, I think they had the Best Friday deals for 4Ks out like two months before Black, or two weeks before Black Friday. Um, so, yeah, I went up and picked a, a bunch of, uh, you know, 4Ks from movies that came out this year pretty much. Um, it honestly makes me question why would I buy any like new releases throughout the year why don't i just because the only one and not that this is a huge deal the only one that i bought that didn't come with a slip cover was uh the northman every other one still had the slip cover so it's like why unless i'm dying to watch it then and you know now but why not just wait for every release on black friday so that might be what i'm doing going forward but spent a good amount of money there at uh at best buy for sure and then i also did vinegar syndrome and severin as well uh you got to do it. That's that. That's where the fun is at. Well, I wish I had done it. I wanted to do it, but I I didn't got to do it because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I ran out of fucking time because they are on the east coast and I'm on the west coast. Oh no! And I thought I could get away with it, but the website dropped like a fucking hammer while I was while I was exploring their wares. Hmm. But uh, just to key in anyone like as to what i was looking at at the time when the website like dropped the hammer on me um i was looking at red sun rising uh the don the dragon wilson film i was looking at writing wrongs uh the cynthia rothrock and uh yun biao film uh, i think that's a cory yuen film uh, i've seen uh, excerpts from it uh, but i've never seen the whole movie i've probably seen the best parts of it to be honest but i've never actually seen the whole movie so i was excited to check that out um and i was also looking into the penitentiary films uh, i believe there's a third penitentiary uh vinegar syndrome currently has the rights to the first two but i think there's a third one that's actually a canon film uh, but they're prison black exploitation boxing films one of which features ernie hudson and mr t okay uh, i read about it in a uh a movie that's it's it's a book that's a compilation of shitty action movies and uh penitentiary 2 got like a spotlight chapter in it uh, so i was kind of hyped for that one um ebola syndrome uh that was one that i i have always wanted to check out um, i was i was this close this year i was th- i didn't get it but i was it was in my card at one point i was this close next time it, yeah, someday, Brad, you and I should probably do a review of that one um, because <laughs> no, because we we both seem to have like a mutual interest in that yeah. one. 
um and i have yet to watch it it's a herman yao film uh, i've seen at least one of his other uh, category three films uh bun man i think it's the untold story uh, which did receive a uh, a region a blu-ray release from i don't know what distributor but it's not vinegar syndrome it was a while ago but okay. ebola syndrome it's supposed to be like those are the two big ones on his filmography and these days uh, like a lot of people who start out in that particular corner of cinema uh, i'm looking at you james gunn um these days he does like hong kong like summer blockbuster movies <laughs> so he's come a long fucking way um but yeah i was also looking at the miami connection uh, vinyl uh, soundtrack because you already have the 4k right i do have the movie yeah. um but I have a friend uh, who's a vinyl collector. I thought that would be one that I could I could get away with getting for him because it has a sound that he might appreciate, and he most certainly doesn't have it. Uh, mm-hmm. But how about you, Brad? Do you have any uh, Vinegar Syndrome Black Friday titles that you'd uh, care to share that you picked up or that you were eyeing this year? Um, nothing, honestly, too exciting. I got to be honest. I uh, this is kind of, this is kind of uh, sad to say, to be totally honest. But the majority of my picks were movies that I was like, I kind of am interested in this, and the slipcover count was getting low. So <laughs> it's not like I was outright buying things I wasn't interested in, and the slipcover count was low. It's like, I do kind of want this movie, like The Cellar, The Cellar, which I don't think is going to be great, but it's a monster movie, monster in a basement. I kind of dig that kind of movie. Low expectations. Slipcover count was low. I said, let's go with it. So I popped on that one really the only one that i the only ones i bought that weren't because of that were i bought um thriller thriller not not michael jackson's thriller but uh (laughs) thriller a cruel picture i think is the title um the one with the woman with the eye patch um yeah which had a big like 60 dollar release one of their big sets um but that sold out and now they just have a standard 4k which is much more reasonably reasonably priced um, I also bought Creature, which is uh, like an alien knockoff. Uh, yeah, which... I, I've seen that. The Klaus Kinski, I think, is in that one yeah, or something. Yeah, and it doesn't. I've heard it's not amazing, but it looks like it's got uh, some pretty decent effects, and I kind of like that genre. And then I also bought the second uh, collection of Forgotten Jolly. Um, almost thought I was going to have to buy the third because that one, because the limited edition box set was getting low. On that count, but uh, I think I'm good until the next sale on Forgotten Jolly Three. Um, so yeah, some some good pickups there. Nothing like outstanding, amazing. Um, I guess the one thing I should mention, I won't go over like Severin too much, but I did buy, uh, and this I'll mention because it's not going to come up in our Blu-ray calendar releases here. I did buy the huge release, at least for me of the 4K of Dario Argento's Four Flies on Grey Velvet, which is a film that has long been very hard to find, very difficult to find. It's his third movie, and uh, I've never seen it, but they announced it for 4K, and they said, you can only buy it during the sale. Website exclusive. It's only going to be sold during the sale, and part of it is, I think, because the rights issues for this movie have been a mess, I guess. So that's why it's never gotten a great American release. Like, I don't even know if it got a DVD release, but, um, I said, even though it was pricey, uh, I said, I gotta, I'll regret it if I don't do it. So I popped on it four disc set. 
Although one of the discs is a CD of the soundtrack, which I feel like I feel like that's a little like I would I would call it a three disc set with a CD soundtrack, but yeah. I guess technically it is four <laughs> discs. Um, and then I just filled up the rest of my cart with Severin garbage releases to get to the free shipping <laughs> threshold. But that was the main one I wanted. That was the only one I wanted, really. Well, I'm really glad you got it, bud. Yeah. Uh, folks at home, if you're not aware, and if you're not listening to the Cinema Speak podcast, how fucking dare you? Um, <laughs> Brad often brings up uh, Jallo, but in particular, the director, Dario Argento. He seemed to have a particular affinity for him and his style. Um, so just to have the opportunity to pick that one up, it's like 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 you say, you got to do it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad you didn't hesitate on that one. I probably would have thought about it for too long and had the web website crash on me very similar to what happened this year uh with my vinegar syndrome buys um that's exciting man uh, yeah I, I hope you do a review of that one or something just because it's apparently a rare title according to you or yeah. at least difficult to get in in our region um, let's just hope i do get it people are speculating online whether some like some copyright thing will come down but i would assume if they're taking orders because they had like the drop dead Fred thing where they were working on it and they had to they lost the rights to vinegar syndrome so Severin they're not perfect but I would assume if they're taking orders they're sure about what they're doing I hope yeah but I mean I would hope they ship it quickly because there there have been instances where inventory has to be scuttled um, (laughs) because of lawsuits and whatnot so yeah hopefully they they get that to you quickly um before we actually get to the proper episode, this is the longest intro in the history of catching up on Blu-ray, by the way. Um, uh, one last question I had for you was about um, Homegrown Horrors, Volume 2. Did, did I see that that they put out a new box of those? Yes, they did. Um, I didn't buy it because uh, it wasn't on sale yet. It was because it was one of their brand new releases. Um, and I, didn't, I wasn't worried about it selling out, so I didn't have to, you know. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, I, I was a big fan of the first set. I got to say, this new set, just judging by the synopses of the films, I'm not quite as excited. Uh, it weirdly seems like every film is kind of a slasher, whereas the other ones had a bit of a... There was like a there was a monster movie. One of them was a bit of a slasher mystery. One of them was a supernatural. Like, there was more variety. Um, I've heard uh, at least one of them is quite good, a lot of fun. I've heard uh, from like basically one source that one of them is a bit of a just outright stinker, and then you've got one that's pretty good. So it's still a great set, um, but I'm not quite as hyped as it for it as I was for the first one. But I'll, I will be picking it up eventually. Okay, it's it's one of those you can wait kind of situations. Yeah, yeah. got it. Um, mm-hmm. la- last thing, <laughs> sorry, I have a potential homework assignment for you. Oh boy. Um, I, I don't know if you're itching to do any video work or any YouTube videos lately. Brad does have a, a Cinema Speak YouTube channel. Um, I don't know if you're planning on doing unboxings or anything, but I would challenge you to, if you end up reviewing Creature or talking about Creature, um, please find a way to post some footage of the disc. Okay. Um, because all of my memories of watching that film were it was just a complete murky, dark mess to the point that you could you couldn't really make out half of the action. Um, that could be that I was watching like a shitty uh, VHS transfer or something. Um, I'd be very curious to see what the the HDification of that like what the transfer on that one's like because yeah. I 
I seem to recall that movie having some serious problems when it came to like at the time currently existing transfers of it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. if you're up to the challenge, I'd, I'd like to see that if you're able to offer We'll that. talk later, but that's that's been something on my mind lately is finding a way to, you know, get some actual footage from these uh, from these boutique releases. So we'll talk later. We'll talk later. Okay. Well, that's a project for another day then. But uh, in the meantime, uh, folks at home, uh, we should probably talk some Blu-rays. Not like we haven't been doing that for the past 10 <laughs> minutes. Um, so uh, if you're not familiar with the format, a catching up on Blu-ray episode is essentially an excuse for Brad and I to pour over the release dates, uh, the release date calendar, that is, uh, for physical media releases. Uh, so that would be DVDs, Blu-rays, and 4K discs. So uh, if you'd like to follow along with the home version of Catching Up on Blu-ray, you can do so by navigating to the lovely website of blu-ray.com and then just head to the movies slash release dates page and then head over to November 2022. Uh, and also it's worth noting that uh, physical media releases generally occur on Tuesdays of each calendar week. Uh, so we'll be sure to call out the dates as we move along. But basically, we're just going to look over the calendar. Uh, we're not going to be going over every individual release, um, but we'll just highlight all the ones that jump out at us for whatever reason. Um, so uh, the first one here on the calendar that jumps out at me, uh, fittingly enough, it looks like we have a November 1st release date here. Um, I believe this actually officially dropped um just prior to November, like at the tail end of October, like maybe just a day prior or something. But we have uh, the uh, king of the box office, uh, Top Gun, colon, Maverick on 4K. Um, and who directed this, Brad? Um, Joseph Kaczynski, I think. The uh, the K-Man himself, I want to say. Joseph um, Kosinski. Yeah. Uh, ah, that's right. Uh, I, I remember um, they very sneakily... Uh, released Spiderhead uh, very shortly after mm. Top Gun Maverick was proven to be a success, probably because um, you know it's like a, a way to get Miles Teller's face out there, um, and it happens to be from the same director. Um, and as far as I know, that was one of those movies that was shelved for quite a while. Um, I actually was meaning to watch that one, but I never did. But um, I still haven't seen Top Gun Maverick. I feel like a bad American, like a bad person. <laughs> Because, well, because I was I was raised on the Top Gun. I love Top Gun. I mean, listen, Trevor, I don't want to tell you what to do with your life. You live your life however you want. And this 4K, incredible picture quality from what I hear, it is the tops. But if you're thinking, man, I missed out on the movie that you got to see on the big screen. I missed it on the big screen. Apparently, they are putting it back in theaters for two more weeks uh, in December. So they're really... I. I don't know if they're getting worried that uh, Jimmy C is going to win over the 2022 box office crown by the time Avatar's uh, run is over with, and they're getting as much of that moolah in as they can. I don't know. but uh, if you So you got options now. You got options. Yeah, I did see that the other day, that Top Gun Maverick is... Uh, I, I so badly just want to call it Top Gun 2. Like, <laughs> can I just call it Top Gun 2? <laughs> uh, I did see that it's getting put back in theaters for a couple more weeks. I don't know, maybe it's like uh, on the threshold of like beating a, a major record or something for, for total box office accumulation or something. But mm-hmm. um, I might actually do that. Um, I I do have to like hurriedly take some vacation days because I'm one of those assholes who doesn't do that. 
and gets to the end of the year and starts getting emails from his bosses saying like hey you better use it or lose it bud yeah <laughs> um, so maybe i'll maybe i'll do that on one of my uh required vacation days this year um bring the girlfriend as well because she enjoyed the first one um what was your take on the movie though brad because i mean i've heard everybody else's take um i'm pretty sure i've heard yours but like we haven't hosted it on catching up on cinema so let's hear it here well i absolutely loved it uh uh, yeah i i am honestly not a big fan of the original top gun um I didn't grow up with it. Just it doesn't do much for me. Probably one of my least favorite Tony Scott movies, to be totally honest. Um, but uh, this one, I think, is better in virtually every way. Uh, just great spectacle, um, and it, it actually builds upon you know the characters of the first one in a great way. Whereas you know, like you know, the characters in the first one, like Goose and Maverick, you know, whatever. I don't. It doesn't like Goose. His spoiler his death doesn't do much for me but they actually almost make that movie better by some of the relationship stuff that they do in here and uh yeah i just love the practical effects really awesome uh i also thought that you know another reason they might be releasing it in theaters now is um i do believe it's kind of assumed that this is going to be uh getting some oscar noms uh just because Probably nothing, probably nothing like crazy, but I do think they are expecting, now that the category is up to 10 pictures, I do think they're expecting a Best Picture nom for this from from the pundits uh, that I've been hearing. Just because normally, if a, nowadays, if a movie is that big of a box office success and it's pretty critically acclaimed, uh, it, it usually sneaks in there. They try and get one of the big popular movies in there. Um, and I, I think it's fitting. Yeah, it's one of my favorites of the year for sure. Yeah, I've pretty much been hearing that across the board. Like, everybody I know who's seen it uh, really enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, And funny enough, you're not the first person who didn't enjoy the first one uh, that's told me they enjoyed the second one. Um, I'm very, very hyped to check this out. Um, I was tempted to blind buy it, um, but then they announced that it's going back to theaters. It's like, you know, maybe I'll hold off for just a minute. Like, not spoil it for myself now that I have an opportunity. so that, that's a that's a really big one um a huge release for the month um and beside that we have uh kind of a whole host of uh modern christmas classics uh like a trio honestly all on 4k uh, so we have national lampoon's christmas vacation uh which is essential viewing for many households in this country uh we have a christmas story um, which in my household growing up uh, as a kid was essential viewing. Uh, the TBS or TNT marathon was inescapable. It was just on all day for all of Christmas Eve and all of Christmas Day, as far as I remember. Uh, and then the most recent of the three, uh, Elf uh, from 2003, all on 4K. Uh, Brad, do you have a, a favorite among these or do you have like annual watch habits for any of these? Uh, I mean, I'm not too much. Well, I take that back. I guess the only one I, movie I watch annually for Christmas is Home Alone. Um, other than that, I usually don't like. I'm, I mean, I like Christmas movies, but I can't go every single year and watch like multiple ones every year. But out of these, I would say easily uh, Christmas Vacation for me. Um, I like both. I like them all, but uh, I don't know the other ones. I mean, maybe it might just be nowadays everybody's obsessed with Elf and the Christmas story, the 24-hour thing. You know, they, they, they're they pushing them a little too hard. Um, but Christmas Vacation, I think, is, other than Home Alone, probably the most genuinely funny. 
of any Christmas movie that I can think of. Um, horrible artwork, though, on on all these, but I would say particularly uh, Christmas Vacation just does not fit the vibe of the movie at all. Um, terrible, like, the, the cat looks horrendous. It's bad. <laughs> Well, it's also like somewhat disingenuous as to what it is. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, this looks like a, a warm, you know, schmaltzy holiday classic, and it has warm, warm heart, like heartwarming moments and whatnot. But you know, the cover I'm accustomed to is Chevy Chase being electrocuted on the roof. Mm-hmm. That that's the cover of Christmas Vacation I know, and to me, that advertises the film very accurately. <laughs> but this one, it's like, is this like a is this like a happy movie? <laughs> it's like, is this one of those happy, well-adjusted family movies? Because I'm not on board with that. But uh, I think Kyle uh, would agree with you uh, in your assessment. I think Christmas Vacation is probably the one he holds most dear between these three. Uh, Elf continually surprises me uh, with how much staying power it has. Mm-hmm. Like it, it really touched a lot of people, um, and it, it endures very strongly to this day. Uh, there's a lot of elf merch uh, floating around these days. A Christmas story takes it to a, another fucking level, though. Uh, they th- that that carcass has been picked clean, and I know I've heard some some like heartfelt reviews for the new one that's on HBO or whatever the fuck. But the 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 marketing blitz in recent days surrounding a, the a Christmas story multimedia franchise uh, got way out of control at some point where the merch was okay uh, the television advertising and whatnot making reference to skits and like moments from the movie that was okay but when we start doing live musical productions of a Christmas story and we start selling leg lamps and all this bullshit yeah. <laughs> like it, it got it got it jumped the shark and then some although I have been hearing good things about the new one uh, what do you know the title of that I'd actually don't off the top of my head I believe it is called the Christmas story Christmas um. <laughs> that's some bullshit <laughs> that's some dumb and dumber too shit that's some dumber yeah. and dumber shit <laughs> There have actually been, uh, weirdly enough, um, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about all, there has actually been like four other Christmas story movies. Um, there was like a really cheap direct to video, like Christmas story two, but there was also, um, a direct follow up. I don't know if the cast was the same. I don't think it was, but it was, uh, something like my summer vacation or it was, it was not a Christmas movie. It was these characters in the summertime uh so it's weird you know franchise i guess yeah my my wires are getting crossed um because i i seem to recall there being a, a a sequel to christmas vacation not not another vacation movie but specifically a sequel to christmas vacation as well um but i do seem to remember um some bullshit surrounding like a a sequel to the original christmas story um mm-hmm. I'm sure it's all crap, Brad. <laughs> but um, I'm curious about the the assessment of these discs, though. It looks like Christmas Vacation is very, very solid. Like yeah, I think across the board. Yeah, they're all pretty good. I think uh, from what I've read, Christmas Stories maybe the best. Um, and Elf is pretty good, but uh, the main thing is apparently I didn't know this, but like the last release of elf was like a 2008 blu-ray and apparently the aspect ratio wasn't even right so what 
Yeah. That's terrible. So they say it's a worthy upgrade if you're an elf head uh, just for that alone. Um, but yeah, nothing uh, nothing too egregious on any of these releases from, from the little research I did. Yeah, it looks like they're solid discs. Uh, Christmas Story seems to be the winner among them in terms of just raw visual fidelity. Um, I'm actually curious what that sounds like. Um, because all of my memories of Christmas Story are the audio sounding mushy, mm. just sounding like overall just kind of raggedy all the way through. And I think that's just how the movie is. Um, but I'd be curious to see what it sounds like in a more modern presentation. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Uh, so we, by the way, we have a, a Steelbook uh, 4K release of Paul Verhoeven's Starship Troopers from 1997. This was released previously, but this is just a Steelbook. Uh, it's apparently a 5 out of 5 in terms of visuals. That's something I ought to own. Uh, I I love the the filmography of Paul Verhoeven, and Starship Troopers is no exception. Uh, we have Piranha on 4K. Joe Dante's Piranha on 4K. That's a Christmas movie? Sure, why not? <laughs> so, uh, this is from 1978. I don't actually know what the scores are for this disc, but Brad, have you seen Piranha? Because you and I are both fans of brad coined the phrase but uh the eat-em-up genre animal attack movies Mm -hmm. yeah uh i watched this for the first time a couple years ago um scream factory put out a blu-ray steelbook of it and i I purchased that and from what i can tell people say like you know it's a good uh release but they said it's not a huge upgrade over uh the blu-ray apparently like you know it's 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 there but it's not like a must own so i i don't know if i'll be picking this one up um the movie i remember being okay didn't love it um i also uh watched piranha 2 of course for uh the jimmy c factor um but i the joe dante film is the superior film (laughs) for sure um yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. But I, I remember asking my dad if I could rent Piranha back in the day, and it, it's fun. Uh, it It's fun because it knows what it is. Um, it, it makes light of the genre at the time because it, it, it very much was attempting to cash in on, you know, the, the Jaws phenomenon for sure. Um, but it manages to punch slightly above its weight just because it, it's a little bit self-aware. And also, you know, uh, it's pretty fun in that like nobody is spared from the fish attacks where it's just like ah kids whatever <laughs> like I, I always appreciate when like there are no rules where it's oh, yeah. just like we, we don't protect certain demographics or whatever it's just like ah the fish fish gotta eat man it's like it's summer it's a summer camp there's a bunch of kids in the water they're gonna get bit <laughs> they'll, they'll get away but they'll get bit yeah, <laughs> um, a little bit. yeah just a little just a little chomp um, I wish I had your soundboard. I'd go. <laughs> <laughs> um, we said that we have on 4K a trio of Rankin Bass uh, animated across at least two different mediums, uh, holiday classics. Uh, so we have stop motion and uh, traditional hand drawn animation here. Did you watch any of these as a kid, Brad? I'm curious. I watch Rudolph, uh, you know, somewhat regularly. I really, am, I mean, I don't know want to be mean to these things but i'm not a huge fan of any of them to be totally honest uh more of a charlie brown christmas or if you've seen it it for some reason they never they stopped airing it i don't know why but the garfield christmas special is outstanding like not no joke it is the funniest christmas special and the most moving like 
it is like if you're looking for a new Christmas watch this year, the Garfield Christmas special is you you can't beat it in my opinion. It's it's real good. So hang on, are we talking Garfield and Friends Christmas special? I would assume so. <laughs> it's the, I mean, it, the animated I, I Garfield. Mean, I, I in my day, like in the early '90s, there was a, a Garfield cartoon called Garfield and Friends, where it was the first half was him, and then the second half was a bunch of farm animals that nobody gave a fuck about, but they had to expand the cast. <laughs> um, I'm assuming that's what it was. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up now. It's just called the Garfield Christmas Special uh, from 1987. 87. That might be it then. Um, so. I ha- I don't think I've seen that, but I've, I was raised on that cartoon, so I'd, I'd be curious to check that out, especially yeah. if it's as good as you say. It's, um, it's good. I, too, I too uh, only really watched Rudolph. Um, I remember uh, one, of the, one of the more traumatic moments in my early childhood was uh, showing up for a, a Christmas concert without knowing the lyrics to Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> And Brad, I gotta tell you, that song is fucking long. <laughs> and I was just flapping my mouth open, just hoping nobody would notice, not even making noises. I was just trying to slink into the background for like 10 fucking minutes because that song has an ungodly number of verses that I didn't know at all. Probably because I didn't watch this fucking movie. Um, but Rudolph is. If you ask me, Rudolph is saved by Yukon Cornelius, like mm-hmm. like literally in the narrative, but also just the production as a whole is is saved by the character of Yukon Cornelius. He just like rolls in on his sled and just saves the fucking movie because the rest of it's kind of bullshit. But I do remember like a, I might be getting my wires crossed, but I do seem to remember some like elf girl fighting a dragon or something <laughs> with a twig <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> she like yeah. sets the dragon on fire with a twig or some shit i remember that part being cool at the end when they kill all the demons or whatever um yeah. but the rest of it's a complete fucking blank but um beside that also again on 4k uh, the sheer number of 4k releases we get these days brad is it's kind of obnoxious honestly it's starting to <laughs> It's starting to take the shine off of the format, to be honest. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. have we gotten there where now 4K is the norm? Because it really feels like it. <laughs> it's it's close. It is definitely close. It's getting ugly out there. Uh, but we have the Polar Express on 4K, which is a Robert Zemeckis film um, that was done in a pseudo photorealistic style for the standards of 2004. Uh, this, this is the Uncanny Valley, the motion picture, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was flipping channels the other day, and he said, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> it was, I think we're, I think it was post-Thanksgiving dinner this year, and dad's flipping channels. <laughs> the fuck is that? Because <laughs> um, he saw Tom Hanks and some of the kids in this movie, and he was disgusted. <laughs> uh, he was, he was, he found it to be atrocious. Um, I've never watched this movie, um, even though I'm a self-described fan of uh, performance capture and motion capture technology. Um, And also, to a point, Robert Zemeckis, uh, his more recent offerings have been very, very hit and miss. Um, But when he's on, he's pretty great. Um, For the record, I do actually kind of like Beowulf. A lot of people don't. I I think it's kind of neat. This one, though, I I took one look at it and was like, no, I'm, I'm... I'm good. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty gross. <laughs> uh, is the is the Christmas Carol good? Like the one he did with Jim Carrey? Uh, I mean, I only saw that once in the theater. I, I mean, I think it was. It certainly looked better than this. Um, it was okay. I think. Uh, notable that uh, I believe Roger Ebert gave it four stars, four out of four stars when it came out. Um, so he was a big fan. I wasn't quite as big of a fan, but yeah, it was all right. Um, and this one, I did watch it as a kid, and it was one that felt like it was like you know day before this and Elf, day before Christmas break. Teacher just this was these were the two movies you'd watch them three times a day because if you had six periods, you'd watch you'd watch them. <laughs> so it's like, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of this one, but I do know a fair amount of people my age who still maybe don't hold it in like the highest regard, but they still count themselves as fans, uh, for some reason. So, <laughs> yeah, I, this is one that, you know, just the technology I think is maybe its biggest hurdle uh, mm-hmm. to getting it into my living room is like, maybe when it came out, this would have been novel, but these days, unfortunately the way the technology ages, um, I feel like in general, we're much more harsh, to to cgi animated films uh, as opposed to hand-drawn animation it's just a different medium and it ages differently not as gracefully as what i'm getting at i will say the one thing i'll give it points for is i do believe that the opening and closing of the film where the kid lives uh if i'm remembering correctly they do take place in the town uh or the city i should say where i went to college so kind of cool uh as far as I know, the only other uh, film that takes place in Grand Rapids is uh, Paul uh, Paul Schrader's Hardcore. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, you get your yin and your yang there. Although that one, again, that one also only opens in Grand Rapids, I believe. But, uh, yeah, so just, just classic uh, classic Michigan flicks there. It's like, whoa, 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 you want to have a crew spend how long in Grand Rapids? It's like, like, let's sort this shit out. (laughs) Uh, So I will point out that we have a a Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire headlined uh, Holiday Inn from 1942. This is, wow, 80th anniversary edition. That's pretty fucking cool. Um, But uh, I'm actually going to kick it over to you, Brad, because I see we have some Criterion releases uh, in our first week of November, and I feel like you might have some more insight into these than I do. Uh, Do you have anything to say or point out about these titles? You know, not too much. Um, In the Mood for Love, of course, uh, Wong Kar Wai. Uh, I don't know. I've never seen any of his films. I know that's uh, despicable, but it is true. Um, This one, they did put out, I mean, here's where you get into what are you going to do? Criterion did put out a Wong Kar Wai box set a couple years ago. Um, I don't know if it contained all of his films, but it did have In the Mood for Love, I believe, but it was Blu-ray only. So if you're a huge Wong Kar Wai head, you got to buy the box set and the 4K, or should I, without knowing anything, without having seen any Wong Kar Wai, should I just buy the 4K and then not risk it. Like, what's what, I don't know what the what the strategy there is, and the ultimate strategy is uh, I've done nothing. I have I still haven't bought or seen any of his films, um, even though I've heard In the Mood for Love is very good. But yeah, maybe someday. Uh, the other one, Daisies, I don't know anything about. I didn't even know it was a Criterion release because I kind of I didn't see the C up in the corner. It was a little hard to see. Um, 
so yeah i don't i don't have anything to say about this one well, that's fine uh that that's why we have our catchphrase if it's in the criterion collection it's probably worth your time uh, mm-hmm. that, that's the catch-all for this is probably good i don't know what it is but it's probably good <laughs> um so moving on, we have a a two pack uh, from Scream Factory, I presume. Uh, Evil Dead uh, one and two, both from Sam Raimi. Um, do they still have that issue where they can't put Army of Darkness in with things? Like if they do a package of Evil Dead films? Uh yes, uh, and I, I, this is actually I think it's a Lionsgate release because I think Scream Factory can't. I don't. I think they only get the rights to Army of Darkness. Um, I don't think. I don't think they've released oh, I, anything. I got, I got it flipped then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that they haven't released anything just straight Evil Dead, as far as I know. Gotcha. Thanks for correcting me on that. Um, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna call you out. Their... When you're wrong, I'm gonna call you out. I mean, that's just that's no. Funny. That's why you're here, Brad. <laughs> like, you're you're you are equal host. You you have a lot of insight that I don't. Um, and you know we got to get this shit right because you know five people on the internet will care. Um, so the Batman is also getting another 4K release no idea why presumably be a, stu- a steel book a stew book um we have from mvd uh, at close range which stars sean penn and christopher walken from 1986 and uh my curiosity has peaked mvd generally releases uh tend to specialize in a certain caliber of film that would be mediocre to bad mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but they do get some some decent films in their catalog from time to time oh hey chris penn is in here as well mm. uh, as is uh Kiefer sutherland and david strathairn um uh, good quality actors yeah uh, pretty good cast i i don't know what this is but i may have to investigate a little bit because it's a pretty talented cast um and it's from it's from a time period when when a lot of these people were really getting rolling um beside that we have a mondo macabro release of dr caligari on 4k of 1989 no idea what it is but uh you don't see releases from them all the time so that's kind of a big deal for them especially on 4k uh we have individual releases of all the rank and bass bullshit we that we talked about we have six fucking sharknado movies in one box Good God, they got up to six. They, I thought Christmas Story was bad on riding that train off the rails. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna kick it over to you, Brad. Uh, what What are some titles uh, this week that jump out at you? Uh, I mean, I, there's two releases that are fairly new. I don't know the one uh, here, Bell. I don't know has that gotten a release yet or is this the first official physical release i know it's been very well received i think it's like a uh um take on beauty and the beast um is it is it officially anime or i i I don't know but i've heard it's it's quite good and i i have a couple uh friends and people i follow that are big into animation that watched it and said they really enjoyed it but uh not really not really up my alley necessarily um especially just Beauty and the Beast, like, not really, you know, not really, uh, you know, getting me going that much, but uh, I've, heard, I've heard it's good, so I'm sure it's worth checking out. Yeah, uh, this did actually receive a, uh, a Western release on Blu-ray um, a while back, I think okay. in the summer. Um, but yeah, this movie made some waves. Uh, most of what I heard about it and what I saw suggested that on a technical level, the animation is astounding. Um 
but I did I did hear some reviews here and there saying like it's a little thin in the story department. Like it it has neat ideas that probably should have been expanded upon, but you know, if it looks nice sometimes sometimes that's enough. Oftentimes that's enough for me, especially when it comes to animation. Um this one hasn't really been on my personal radar, but I know about it from just reputation. Um don't don't try to define anime brad you'll you will bork your brain trying to do that man (laughs) like like just just don't do it don't touch that (laughs) trust me you don't want to do that (laughs) that's a corner of reddit that you don't need to touch man um we have a a 40th anniversary limited edition gift set of et the extraterrestrial um which is a movie that uh they reviewed uh, on Movies for Life, the Movies for Life podcast, fairly recently, and uh, combination of this anniversary and that re- that podcast review has this movie thoroughly on my radar. Um, I haven't seen this movie since I was fairly young. Um, it's kind of a, a uh, in, in inside joke with the family that apparently both my brother and I were both traumatized by this film uh, as babies, um, and. As far as I understand, my mom has never had an opportunity to watch this movie because we'd go into crying fits every time it was on the TV. <laughs> so uh, that's a shame, especially considering it's supposed to be one of Spielberg's better films. It, it completely decimated the box office. Entire uh, entire movies, like, lack of success have been attributed to this movie. Like, 1982, that, that chunk of 1982, there, there's think pieces written about how E.T. killed the box office so hard that a lot of other potentially successful 1982 films failed as a result because all the ticket all the ticket purchases were being funneled directly into E.T. Um, how about you, Brad? Do you have any sort of relationship to E.T.? Uh, not like a super close relationship. Uh, I do like it a lot. Um, I already have the 4K, uh, so I will not be buying the 40th anniversary set with the uh, thermos. Um, but, uh, no, it, it is a great film. I think the last time I watched it was, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before, but it was, uh, when it must've been 2020 when the drive-in reopened, um, and there was no new movies coming out. So they were just showing old ones and, uh, got to watch E.T. at the drive-in horrible drive-in movie. Absolutely horrible. <laughs> but, uh, it, it is a great film and, uh, you know, it's got, uh, my uh, good friend D. Wallace is in there, of course, uh, and just classic, absolutely classic. Yeah, no, D. Wallace, friend of the show, D. Wallace. <laughs> well, friend of Brad's show, not mine. I haven't earned that privilege just yet. Uh, someday, someday, someday you'll have to put me in contact with D. <laughs> we'll have yeah. to get her on the show. I might be able to get you um, one of these thermoses, to be honest. She's got a bunch of them right here. <laughs> <laughs> D. Wallace with a closet full of E.T. Thrusts. <laughs> uh, okay, so what else we got? Uh, we got Honk for Jesus. Save your save your soul. Uh, okay, that's a contemporary release, 2022. Um, we have uh, Peter Von Kant uh, from 2022. I have no idea what this is, but it's from Strand. Oh, it's a Fassbender film. Okay, I know that name. Uh, Strand releasing, though. Uh, that's a label I don't know. Uh, are you familiar with them, Brad? Uh, Strand releasing? Um, no. <laughs> Let me Leave see it what they've released. Flat no. Let me see what they've released. Not off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm looking over their catalog, and I'm 
personally not seeing any titles that would have been on my radar. However, they do seem to specialize in prestigious drama type films, like indie dramas. Seems a lot of ones I'm seeing are European as well. Um, yeah, that could be the case as well. Yeah. Well, that was a complete waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, we have Weathering Heights from 1970. I think that's a movie that Kyle had to watch a lot or something. I, I could be wrong on that. The title sounds very familiar. But um, we have a super-duper special edition of Piranha on 4K by the wit. that includes an enamel pin set and a mm. poster. Very nice. Um and I think that's about it for the first week of November. Do you have any other titles you want to point out, Brad? Uh, I think that covers it. Okay, well, let's bounce on down to November 8th, which is the following Tuesday. And uh, we have a title that I'm fairly certain uh, Brian from the Movies for Life podcast already has, or likely has in his Christmas stocking this year, uh, Casablanca, 80th anniversary edition. Uh, apparently a very, very important film to him. Uh, and apparently a film that I still have not seen. <laughs> um, I know Kyle watched this one uh, fairly recently, and he, he was texting me about it, saying how, like, basically every every famous quote in cinema can be traced back just to this one movie. And I yeah. was like, yeah, you're probably not wrong on that. <laughs> so, um, this, one's, this one's one of the uglier examples of, Trevor, you probably should have seen that by now, um, but honestly, I haven't. Uh, have you, Brad? I, I'm right there with you. I have not seen it as well, um, and I own it on Blu-ray. Uh, I just uh, I think I bought it on Black Friday one year on Blu-ray and uh, never watched it. So yep. n- now I'll uh, continue that tradition by purchasing the 4K and never watching it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it looks like we have a decent stretch of movies that uh, you'll probably have more to say about than I. Um so we have a title that I know you'll be picking up eventually if you haven't already. Uh, Earth Girls Are er- Easy uh, from 1988, uh, featuring a very smexy cast of players. Um, and it's part of the Vestron video collection. Uh, Brad, have you grabbed this one yet? I uh, have not grabbed it. I might be making a trip to Walmart tomorrow because I didn't think my Walmart was carrying it. But I uh, I checked and there was no, when I searched Earth Girls Are Easy, no artwork came up, but there was a, a listing for a, a version that just had no artwork for it, and I clicked, and it said it was uh, available at Walmart, uh, my local Walmart, with the approximate price uh, for these Vestron releases. So I'm hoping that's what is in stock. But, yeah, I, um, I, I'm I, pretty sure I have them all. I'm up to date. I think Extreme – what is that movie called? Extreme Prejudice, the Walter Hill movie, was the last uh, Vestron before this, I think. I hope I should check the numbers out there, um, but they've they've got some uh, new ones coming out too. They in December they have Silent Night, Deadly Night collection uh, with I think three through five. If there's five of them, three through five, three through six, maybe. Um, not one and two. I do already own one, so that's okay. And then uh, they just announced today the Dentist collection, which that has been. Uh, high on the list of in these Vestron threads on Blu-ray.com. Very high on people's lists of wants. So I think people are very excited about that. Uh, Earth Girls are easy. I don't really have much to say about the movie. But yeah, pretty good cast. And, uh, you know, for for a budget price like that, only 10 bucks. I mean, why not, right? Pick it up. 
Yeah, I haven't seen the film myself, but I I know I know its reputation, and um, it actually had a, uh, an entire chapter devoted to it um, in the In Search of Tomorrow, uh, '80s sci-fi uh, documentary film. Mm. Um, okay. It looked like it looked like fun, um, but you very much have to be on board for the particular flavor that they're serving up to you. Um, it's not for everybody, um, but if you can get on board with the extremely campy and colorful, like vibe that it offers it has a lot of talented people and it does seem like it's a lot of fun um uh dentist i did see that announcement the other day um i i know there i I think there's at least two of those and i think corbin burnson's in both of them i did see the first one uh, and i really enjoyed that Um, oh cool it was it was so over the top but it was a lot of fun um i i enjoyed that one quite a lot but i can't speak for the sequel um very exciting though um beside that we have a 4k release of escape from alcatraz from 1979 uh very much a dad movie uh, at least in my household growing up um i know you've been kind of working on like watching some eastwood movies or you you watch a lot of clint eastwood movies is this one that you've seen or one that you own it's it's not one that i've it's not one that i own but i have seen it just not in a long time because this was actually I don't want to say I watched it like, you know, it's not like I had a VHS copy and watched it on repeat when I was three years old, but I did watch it a fair amount when I was kind of young. I don't know why this was like a movie that I watched when I was like 10 years old, but I probably saw it a decent amount of times when I was that age, which seems weird, um, but it's one I haven't watched as an adult, so I am curious to go back and watch it, but in my memory, I do like it a lot. Yeah, I I remember liking this one too, but like you, I I haven't seen it since I was very young. I I do remember my dad always stopping when he was flipping channels and it was on, though. Um, Beside that, uh, we have The Power of the Dog, which is being entered into the Criterion Collection uh, from 2021. Now, I, I know you like this movie, Brad, but sometimes with your sense of humor and your relationship with your friends... There, there's like a layer of irony that I can't tell if it's genuine or not sometimes. <laughs> Is yeah, the power yeah. of the dog really good? Because it sounds like some people kind of hate this movie or they don't get it or something. Well, it's definitely... I, I do genuinely like it. Um, and then, as tends to happen, if I have people on my show who don't like something and I do like it, then I fight back even harder and say that I love it. So I absolutely love this movie. Um, no, it's it's good. It's 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 slow. It's a drama. It's a character study. And uh, you know, if you're not vibing with that, like just kind of a slow burn. I mean, it's it's Jane Campion. I I think right. Jane is that I think I believe it's Jane Campion. Who that's kind of her. That's her. That's her shtick, man. That's her vibe. She she's you know. She she made the piano, and I mean, let me tell you, there's no fist fights in the piano, from what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I I really did like this movie. I almost I was gonna buy this in their last Criterion sale because it is 4K. I generally don't buy many um, Netflix releases from Criterion because I am like currently subscribed to Netflix. Um, definitely me subscribed, not using anybody else's account. Um, and so I don't buy too many, but this is a 4k. And so I would probably buy that because, you know, even if you have Netflix 4k, sometimes with internet speed and streaming quality, you know, you're not getting that same level, 
but I went to buy it and I checked out the Blu-ray.com review and it didn't get the highest marks. Um, they didn't say there was anything wrong with it. They just said it really like it wasn't a film that really popped on 4K. So I, I passed on it for now. Um, but it it is a good film, I think. Okay. Well, I, I'm, thanks for clarifying that. Uh, I obviously haven't seen it, but um, if I'm in the mood for a slow burn, maybe that'll be the one I grab next. Um, beside that, we have Saturday Night Fever on 4K. This is uh, a 45th anniversary and also includes the director's cut, which I didn't know existed. Um, I wonder what's in that. Um, probably just some more dancing uh, or more people falling off bridges or some shit. Um <laughs> We have I, the jury, on 4K and 3D uh, from 1953. Uh, That's a fun gimmick in 2022 uh, to still be putting out 3D films. Uh, And then we have, uh, speaking of Michigan, uh, 8 Mile on 4K from 2002. Uh, I saw this when it initially came out, but uh, that was kind of the extent of it for me. Brad, uh, do you have any deeper connection to eight mile or is that it for you too yeah not really um it's i i think i've only seen it once i mean it's 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 a pretty good film but not like amazing um probably won't be picking this one up i've already uh spent enough money at m&m's spaghetti restaurant so i don't think i need to give him <laughs> any more uh any more of my cash so Okay, well, glad we settled that. Um, we have the entire Frasier complete series, 1993-2004. Holy shit, I didn't realize it went, went that long. Uh, I like Frasier for the most part. Um, uh, we have L.A. Bounty from 1989, starring Sybil Danning, who probably goes topless. Uh, we have Aqua Teen Forever, Plantasm from 2022 on 4 fucking K? Whoa. Uh, so I, I assume this is a aqua teen hunger force film or do you know if this is like a mini series or something i think it's a film it's weird i did not hear about this at all until going through these releases um but uh i i like aqua teen hunger force quite a bit actually uh probably won't be picking this up but um it's it's interesting and i know the show ended a while ago so i'm kind of just happy that they're still you know, doing something with the characters, even if it's just a, a movie every now and then or a special here and there. But I, I do like the show uh, a fair bit. It's one of my one of my favorite Adult Swim shows for sure. Yeah, I think you're not alone in that. Um, I didn't really watch it, um, but a lot of my friends absolutely did. Um, so I know this is a really big deal for a lot of folks out there. But yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. Um, I had no idea that they were still doing this stuff, let alone dropping a a feature fucking film in 2022 on fucking 4k um but hey it's here now you can check it out uh we have from arrow audrey rose uh interesting cover art i'll give it that much from 1977 Uh, we have the peace killers from 1971 uh this is a scorpion releasing disc um i can't even quite make out what's going on on that cover if i'm being totally (laughs) honest uh, looks like someone's being run over by a motorcycle. Yeah, sounds like fun. I'm gonna kick it over to you, Brad. Uh, what What's another title that jumps out at you? Uh, I mean, there's not a ton for this week that is jumping out. I got to be honest. We got uh, a small town in Texas, which is another Scorpion releasing film. 
Uh, we have the Cycle Savages and other Scorpion releasing film. I don't know anything about these. I will say the one thing, if anything, I'm going to say something. How about this? The Witch 2, the other one. Don't have anything <laughs> to uh, say about the uh, the film itself, but uh, just you know, make sure people know this is not the Robert Eggers, uh, the Witch. This is not, unless this is just they take it to a completely different direction. Uh, I believe this is unrelated to that to that horror film. Yeah, it's a South Korean film. Um, I, I've seen a couple of clips of it that had some pretty uh, creative action design, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I I wasn't at all interested in the in the story of the first one, let alone the second one, aka the other one. I kind of love that title though because like it really completes the thought for your average american consumer of of film where it's like the witch oh the other one (laughs) it's like like, oh okay that that clears that up (laughs) um i'm guessing it's another witch within the the korean witch franchise though Mm -hmm. yeah um by the way scorpion releasing uh it seems like they specialize in motorcycle films these days um, that's, yeah, really. that's three titles in a row in the same week all featuring motorcycles yeah um i will point out that we have tr- trancers four and five um, both featuring tim thomerson uh that's one of those uh budget sci-fi series that i have not checked out but i know has its fans uh similar to albert pune uh recently passed away uh, albert pune uh, his uh, nemesis films um I will point out that the cover art for these um, looks eerily similar to a uh, a bad movie poster project that my friend and I did as an art exchange a long time ago. Um, we gave each other nonsense prompts uh, for like sci- shitty sci-fi movies, and then we had to take the words and just like come up with a photoshopped bullshit version of what the cover art would be for that. Um, what I'm trying to say is these movies have terrible covers uh, <laughs> because we did not give our best effort to those. Um, what is this uh, Christmas Cruelty, Brad, um, from 2013? Looks like it's from Unearthed Films. Um, yeah. And it does have a, uh, a secondary title that appears to be not in the English language, so presumably a foreign film. Um funky looking uh krampus-esque uh christmas mask though or a santa mask on the cover that is yeah i don't know much about this but uh yeah kind of uh kind of interesting i i do uh like to dabble in christmas horror so put it on my uh my 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 watch list maybe yeah i have a feeling both you and i are going to be watching a lot of christmas horror uh, in december this year (laughs) um we have incredible but true uh from 2022 from arrow releasing um we have i don't know brad what else do we have (laughs) i mean just point out uh lionsgate release of the devil's workshop um (laughs) which the uh you know got the classic uh lionsgate uh on the left there the uh i don't know what you'd call it the side banner or whatever um but uh i mean Emil Hirsch, Radha Mitchell, uh, classic. Sure. Um, we have <laughs> uh, yet yet another adaptation of The Most Dangerous Came, uh, Game, not Came, uh, from 2022. Um, might hold the record for like books with like 
most film adaptations or most adaptations in general. Um, I will say that uh, uh, Antonio Banderas is looking eerily similar to Shia LaBeouf on the cover of The Enforcer. Um, and Tom yeah. Jane is still working in a film called Dig, as, as Brad had pointed out. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the next week because, yeah, that was some bullshit there. <laughs> uh, let's move on to November 15th. Um, and right out the gate, our first major release is a, it's a doozy. Uh, we have Reservoir Dogs, 30th Anniversary Edition on 4K from, of course, Quentin Tarantino. Um, this is debuting on the format, I believe, and it looks like it got a solid 5 out of 5. Uh, is this one... Do you, uh, do you collect uh, Tarantino films? I mean, he doesn't have that many, but do you own most of his films? Uh, yeah, I think I own most. I don't know if I have them all, but yeah, I, I like Tarantino, and um, I'm I'm a pretty big uh, Res Dog head. Uh, I like Reservoir Dogs, and it definitely the the Blu-ray of this film was not great. Um, so it did need upgrading. So I I will I'm looking forward to picking this one up, and it has been it's been a while since I've seen it. Uh, Last time I watched it, uh, it might have been when I watched it at a screening with Michael Madsen, um, where he came out at the end. He wasn't like sitting with us watching it, but there was a new <laughs> theater that opened, and I don't—I can't remember why. I don't—I don't know if he's from where I'm from, but they were naming the theater after Michael Madsen, and to commemorate it, they uh, screened Reservoir Dogs, and they did a Q and A with him afterwards. And uh, <laughs> he was uh, he was a pretty good Q and A uh, Q and A person to listen to. Uh, he he did tell some potential lies. I think me and my buddy kind of we laughed because we might have caught him in a couple lies. Um, like at one point, uh, he said that he like uh, th- this is just the so the scene with the cop in the car or in the trunk of the car. He said that at one point. He took the car with the the actor still in the trunk of the car and went driving through town with him in the trunk of the car still. And he said, yeah, I went to a, a drive through and uh, went to Taco Bell, got an order of fries and uh, went back to set. And this was before nacho fries. Me and my friend were kind of looking at each other like he went to Taco Bell and got fries. <laughs> what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> I don't have fries at Taco Bell. Maybe back then they did. I don't know, but not to my recollection. And so we're like, well, that just blows the whole story wide open. Who knows what he said on the trip then? Um, but he was, he was a lot of fun to listen to. He was a lot of fun to listen to. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, he. it's, it's kind of a, a funny thing, but... Um most people probably don't know he's like one of the hardest working actors in hollywood yeah like his filmography is absolutely bonkers um the man works or at least did fairly constantly um for a long time so he's he's been on a lot of sets and i'm sure he has a lot of stories um that's cool though that you got to you know go to a screening and get that q a experience yeah the theater that they named after him has since closed uh <laughs> <laughs> But it was nice while it lasted. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't seen Reservoir Dogs in a very long time, but I, I do, I do regard it as a very good film. It's one that I'm very much due for a rewatch of. So maybe I'll pick this up someday. Um, we have uh, Pearl uh, from 2022. Uh, this is the prequel slash follow up film to uh, 
uh, X uh, from director Ty West. Um, have you seen this one yet, Brad? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's good. I I like both of these films. Uh, don't love either of them. Um, seems like there's people out there that really love Pearl. Um, and I thought it was good. Uh, now the one thing that kind of has me hesitating here is I could very much see because these are A twenty four films. I could very much see them releasing some sort of uh, maybe potentially 4K box set once the uh, trilogy is completed. But uh, I did end up caving, and I did buy X on Black Friday for uh, $7. So I said, well, they might release a box set, but at $7, eh, who the hell cares? I'll buy it because I'll probably want to watch them again before a Maxine comes out. Yeah, I mean, $7 is $7, but... Um... I was interested in checking out um, X after I had most of it spoiled for me. Uh, it kind of took that for me to be interested in it uh, because I, I I needed to know what it was about before I could fully get on board with, with just putting it on. Um, I still haven't watched it, but um, it's a someday for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, this, this was the release of this was kind of funny because uh, as far as I understand X was advertised as not being part of a, a franchise, but Pearl, the release of Pearl came so quickly behind it that it seemed to point to this being in production, like as a, a plan the entire time, it just wasn't publicized or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Pretty do you good, think that's uh, the case? Yeah. From what I read, uh, I think Ty West just kind of said, well, we have all the sets, so let's just, you know, if we're going to do this, I think, I don't know who he talked to, but he said, hey, if we're going to do this, we do it now, and it's going to save us a shit ton of money. And I think, I feel like I remember hearing them say that, because uh, Mia Goth does have a writing credit on Pearl, I think him and her wrote Pearl while they were in production with X. So, yeah, they did kind of, you know, work on them back to back. And I think Maxine then there was maybe, like, I don't think that was shot back to back or anything, but... Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I, I like Ty West. Uh, these are not my favorite of his, but I, I do like the guy quite a bit. Yeah, Kyle also likes Ty West quite a bit. Uh, it's very much a selling point for him. Um, I, as far as I know, I'm not familiar, but I, I just know what you guys tell me, you you horror heads. Um, <laughs> but um, moving on, we have the Infernal Affairs trilogy uh, from 2002 to 2003 these is of course the uh, chinese films that served as the foundation for the departed martin scorsese's the departed uh, i have not seen these but they have all-star casts all around um and i've heard very very good things about them so they're very much deserving of their place in the criterion collection as far as i understand uh, we have death game uh from grindhouse releasing from 1977 uh, and this apparently has two different movies, The Seducers and Little Miss Innocence. Mm. Uh, yeah, okay, moving on. <laughs> we have a 4K release, uh, 30th anniversary edition, good God, I'm old, uh, of Wayne's World uh, of 1992. Um, this is something that I, I should own. Um, it's long been a joke, like a running gag on Catching Up on Cinema that... Um, we basically can't get through an episode without quoting Wayne's World at least once uh, in some shape or form. Um, this movie snuck up on me, uh, like in in terms of like how much it like served as like a foundational element and like the building of my personal sense of humor. Um, 
and also i got to go see this movie in a drive like at a drive-in uh, with the girlfriend it was a first time watch for her mm. um, so that was kind of cool um, but yeah this is something that i, I definitely should own uh, how about you brad are you a, you uh do you like wayne's world is this a fun watch for you oh yeah i i really like wayne's world quite a bit um i i do have the blu-ray so i don't know if i'll upgrade to 4k anytime soon um but yeah I'm, it's uh one of the better comedies from the 90s for sure yeah i would say as much um and the sequel's not bad either yeah mm -hmm. um we also have uh from shout factory or shout select uh rather on 4k uh used cars uh speaking of robert zemeckis um starring kurt russell uh, i remember my dad liking this film uh, we we had a bootleg vhs of it like recorded off tv or something but i never actually watched it um, so I'm curious if this is any good or if it's just another to add to the pile of t terrible fucking films that my dad likes for some reason. <laughs> um, we have the uh, Sonny Chiba collection um, from 1972 to 1989. This is also from Shout Factory and also is uh, currently downstairs by my TV. Uh, I started working on this, uh, that is watching these movies, uh, last week. Um, and this was a really exciting uh, release for me personally, uh, because most of the movies collected in this box are uh, movies that I hadn't seen of Sonny Chiba's filmography. Um, there's at least one in there that I already own, um, but the rest of them are all new to me. Um, and so far, uh, I've only gotten two out of the way, but um, Yakuza Wolf uh, 1 is really bad. It's really not good. Um, but Yakuza Wolf 2 is really good. Uh, so we're, we're, we're one and one. <laughs> it's well, like, but, you know, we still got a lot of movies. <laughs> I mean, let me ask you, the one, the movies included here, because I'm, I'm not well-versed in Sonny Chiba, are these, like, bangers of his, or are, are these not, like, good, like, entry points? Um, these are not the greatest hits. Okay. Um, St the Street Fighter is probably the, the one, at least in this country, that he's most well known for um arrow actually has uh the executioner uh i think I, I think there's two of those i think it's a two-pack um that is coming out soon um that one isn't regarded as a classic but i really enjoyed the executioner uh it's it's wild like it is wild 70s trash um and it has a really fun conclusion as well um but yeah the the majority of this particular collection is not the greatest hits um but it is kind of neat that it spans from 1972 to 1989 because you get to see him like in his physical and also like at the height of his of his fame so in his physical prime and at the peak of his popularity and you also get to see him as a more like a, an older and more seasoned screen presence um and he he is a capable actor it's like he, he isn't strictly a martial artist he's not strictly a stunt guy like he does have like undeniable screen presence so um i don't think this would be the best entry point um the the previous shout factory release of the street fighter movies is probably your best bet um but as far as i understand like i i, I believe a decent number of these movies are actually pretty good like this isn't just a box of crap like the uh jackie chan collection that's coming out soon um i looked at the list of that and i was like are you are you joking <laughs> like, <laughs> like like to quote your soundboard Brad? yeah because <laughs> uh, yeah 
because uh, I don't know if you've looked over that, but um, yeah, that that box set, I forget who's putting it out, but there's a Jackie Chan box set of his early movies that is just a box of shit. Like, yeah. it's just like, um, yeah, none of this is anyone's best work. I, I Unless you're a completionist, I, I wouldn't put that on your shelf. Yeah, I remember looking at it, and I don't think I recognized any titles, so... That's why. That's why I need to. I need to defer to you on these, because, yeah. What? Oh, wait, I think it is shout. Yeah. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I thought Chan. it was shout. I... Yeah. Volume one. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait for volume two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, beside Sunny Chiba, though, uh, we have uh, three thousand years of longing, um, which kind of flew in under the radar as far as i understand i don't know anybody who's seen this but this is a george miller fucking film um and george miller generally knows how to make a film uh be it happy feet or the road warrior um (laughs) have you uh do you know anything about this one brad well i know it's about a a genie um or uh maybe it's a gin I, i don't know but basically it's like you know Tilda, yeah, Tilda, it's, a, it's called a it's called a wish master yeah Brad. okay all right a wish master <laughs> tilda swinton gets three wishes sort of thing um but yeah it i mean it did kind of feel like it came and went like a fart in the wind but uh i mean i i'll give george miller credit like he just doesn't give a fuck like he, if he wants to make an animated movie about penguins, he's going to do it. If he's going to follow up <laughs> his best movie of all time, one of the best action movies uh, of, the, you know, the decade, this century, maybe ever, uh, with this movie that no one's going to go see, he's going to do it. He doesn't care. So <laughs> I, I will check it out. I've heard it's pretty good. But, yeah, like you said, nobody I know has seen it. Yeah, I, I have a feeling nobody saw it, but it's act, it's probably a fine film. Like I, He doesn't strike me as the kind of person that makes crap. Um, it'll have some redeeming value to it. So I, I don't know much about this one, but if I had to guess, it's probably not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, Blue Hawaii on a 4K from Paramount Presents. This is number 36 for the people who care. Um, not myself, but maybe somebody out there. Um, we have Moon Age Daydream, uh, which I believe is a documentary about David Bowie. Um, wasn't there like a, a David Bowie film uh, that came in and also was a fart in the wind? Yeah, I think that was like really bad or something. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know I'm, I'm like... pretty sure it was really bad because it, it got like some early hype and then it disappeared. Is that the one I am I crazy or I feel like there was a musical biopic where they didn't have the rights to somebody's music. Was that the one? It that might, might be it. <laughs> I feel that like might be I remember it. that. I feel like the Bowie estate would probably be pretty careful about yeah. loaning their shit out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that movie I remember early on, like there was some buzz and then just nothing. Oh, maybe nothing. I'm I'm thinking of the the uh, up upcoming Billy Joel <laughs> biopic. Oh fuck! <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, yeah. Um... A Billy Joel biopic gets green light despite no music likeness or name rights. Wow. Is that being like financed by, I don't know, some shady group of people or something? Like, yeah. is that a Daily Wire movie or some shit? <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, it's being made by Michael Jai White's studio. <laughs> oh, no, my boy. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm cutting that part out, Brad. <laughs> How dare yeah, you besmirch yeah. the name of Michael Chiway? <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought he'd be a fan. <laughs> uh, he doesn't have to be, though, because he doesn't have the rights to the music. <laughs> mm, exactly. Okay, uh, we have another 3D release. The Diamond Wizard from 1954. Uh, we also have the Little Rascals Complete. <laughs> I th- this exists solely so they can put on the cover Centennial Edition. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they put out a lot of Little Rascals content on physical media. Like, I mean, like a lot. Like, isn't there one like every other month we talk about, I feel like? I, I feel like that's right. <laughs> Somebody out there is buying it, I hope. Um, we have Jeepers Creepers colon Reborn. Now, is this... This can't be from the same director as the original because he is a he is a problem, um, a problem that Kyle actually wasn't aware of until after we <laughs> recorded that episode. Yeah, it's funny because we had a we had a weird staring contest with each other where I knew I knew all about it. Kyle was completely innocent. He was completely naive on that, and I was like, okay, if you want to talk about it, <laughs> it's like Jeepers Creepers. Oh, you okay? Sure, we'll we'll talk Jeepers Creepers, but different director uh have you heard anything about this one brad um well i've heard it it is good that they got a different director but it is bad the quality of the movie (laughs) um (laughs) and uh also uh d wallace is in this uh so yeah i'm very excited to see her i almost uh almost considered renting it in october just to support my girl d didn't pull the trigger um hoping she can get me some kind of free copy of this thing because i've heard it's actually real bad (laughs) like you know you know a movie's bad when they say that the last movie the 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 cheap follow-up movie that was still made by that problematic director when people are saying this is worse than that like you know it's got to be real bad (laughs) yeah that says quite a lot um (laughs) But if you do end up renting this one uh, or something, you should screen cap it. You should screen cap the part when D shows up and, you know, tag her. Yeah. Just be like, hey, my girl. She'll she'll throw me a like. She usually does. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she usually does. So you should definitely (laughs) do that. Um, Moving on, though, we have uh, something that I initially expected would make more waves than it did but i think it was torpedoed by the platform in which it resides Uh, that would be halo season one uh on 4k and blu-ray this is of course based on the video game series um which is a huge uh, massively important uh video game series to a lot of people roughly in my age range but not me personally (laughs) i don't give two shits about halo Um, but i am surrounded by people who adore halo and are xbox loyalists because of halo um and as such i was expecting this show to be a really big fucking deal but as far as i know it's only on paramount plus and i don't know a whole lot of people who have paramount plus and as a result I don't know a whole lot of people who have watched this thing. Uh, how about you, Brad? Like, have you watched this? Do you have people in your orbit who are all about this? Well, let me tell you, I watched every single episode of this season. Um, will not be watching season two. I can absolutely 100% say that. Really? <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it was not like, it's not bad, but 
I mean, it's it's operating at a level of just just something that I don't really care about. Like, I'm trying to think of a show that I can kind of compare it to, and I don't know. I'm kind of drawing a blank. It's just it feels like it's a it's you know it's got a good budget behind it. It's an okay sci-fi show, I guess. Um, I don't really care about the Halo lore at all. I don't really know why I. I guess I watched this because I thought people were going to be watching it. So I was like, well, this is going to be a big deal. And then nobody else watched And then I, I was the only one that ended up watching it. So <laughs> I got screwed over. But it's fine. Uh, I really had to power through to finish the first season. So can't say I'm excited about season two. I actually had more fun watching. They had a little wrap-up show on Paramount+. Plus where they would, like, recap the episode and, like, talk to fans. And that was actually better than the, the actual show. I liked them talking to fans at these conventions and hearing them talk about the show. Like, that was that was even better than the regular show. <laughs> so I want a 4K release of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious if, like, I'm sure, like, the Halo loyalists and super fans out there watch this thing but i'm curious like if this moved the needle at all in terms of like paramount plus subscriptions like if it was effective as like in terms of driving traffic to the to the platform um but yeah i just based on the brand name alone i was expecting this to do a lot better than i think it did because every you know gaming related news outlet or nerd media related news outlet was covering this thing relentlessly but again uh, in my personal circle of like on like on twitter or in in real life i ain't hear a fucking whisper about this thing um and it's got that guy with the face who carries rifles in movies um i don't know his name but that's what he does in movies um so moving on uh we have hansan uh colon rising dragon which i believe is a i think it's a prequel to the admiral um which at the time was like the biggest box office hit in korean film history uh i'm sure this film did quite handsomely as well i actually don't know um, but i have to assume um it's a period film very very high budget by korean standards um features naval battles uh we have r.i.p.t2 uh rise of the damned uh that's that's got to be high on a list of things i never expected to get a sequel uh direct to video or otherwise um i looked at the cast i don't recognize anyone except for uh richard brake is apparently in this who um, i i like him he's a selling point not that much of a selling point but yeah no he doesn't put asses in seats but you're always happy to see him um i'm shocked shocked that trace adkins is not in the movie at least from the little cast i saw there it just feels like oh, wow. that this is his kind of movie like i thought he would have took took over the jeff bridges role to be totally honest <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah the math adds up I, I wouldn't fight you on that um we have a henry silva headlined film assassination uh from 1967 i believe he passed away not too long ago which is unfortunate um and i know him primarily for being you know the bad guy in any number of canon films and any number of steven seagal films uh or at least films of that caliber but um to see him headlining film that's not something i've ever seen before so that's kind of cool um we have the valakai papers from 1972 i like the i like the composition of the artwork here on the cover nice use of color and spacing um kick it over to you brad uh what what is jumping out at you next 
I mean, really, the last thing that I can see is uh, Jerry and Large go. Mar- you know, Jerry, Jerry and Marge go large. <laughs> you wanted uh, to say yeah. Large Marge, didn't you? <laughs> I think I almost did. I caught myself. Um, which is another movie that you know it's got a uh, Oscar nominees Brian Cranston and Annette Bening, and uh, this was another movie that came to Paramount Plus, and I believe it was a fart in the wind. Uh, but I mean, maybe. People in their 60s really watched it and enjoyed it, but I guess it's just a group that I don't, uh, you know, have many cohorts with. But, uh, you know, it seems like it would appeal to that demographic. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Um, and we'll point out that we have uh, both sides of the blade, which is certified fresh, and it's also from 2022, uh, starring Juliette Binoche, uh, who I know uh, Kyle is a big fan of. Uh, we also have It Hatched from 2021. Uh, I don't know what it is, um, but apparently it hatched. Uh, we have Allegoria, which is a Shudder original. Um, I'm just going to assume this isn't on your radar, Brad. Is that correct? Yeah, this is uh, this is news to me, but I am back on Shudder, so I'll have to check it out. <laughs> oh, uh, while we're on the subject... Um, this seems to be the episode of uh, talking about things not happening on the Blu-ray.com website. But um, <laughs> uh, Fangoria recently um, at Halloween time um, started up their their own uh, horror streaming service, mm. uh, a direct competitor uh, to Shudder. Um, have you heard any news, positive or otherwise, about that? Is it called? like is is it called fangoria or is it no 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 it's like i think it's scream box that's them okay i have heard of it then i have heard of it um really the only thing i where i heard of it is that um they uh got terrifier 2 they got the rights to stream terrifier 2 and uh that's basically all i knew about it i was like is this what is it is this legit is this legit what is this and i never really looked too far into it but i didn't know it was uh a Fangoria thing, so that's that's interesting. There's some pedigree there, then. Yeah, no, the the acquisition of Terrifier two, the the streaming distribution rights to that was very very strategic and very clever on their part. Um, good on them um, to the point that I uh, I'm actually considering getting a subscription to Screenbox, if only for a month, um, because I count me in uh, when it comes to the uh, Terrifier hype train. Um, I've seen uh, about the first 20 minutes of the first Terrifier film, um, and I think about the same of All Hallows' Eve, and I wasn't terribly impressed by either of those, but, you know, this uh, word-of-mouth stuff when it comes to the horror world is all important uh, to, you know, getting people to check out some of these properties, and for me in particular, not exactly a horror fan. Uh, It takes that particular kind of buzz for me to pull the trigger on stuff like this and terrifier 2 has most certainly achieved that so um i'm interested uh and i i believe you reviewed it on cinema speak am i correct on that uh i i don't think we did a full review but i did talk about it and uh i yeah i had a good time with it um definitely a little long definitely could use some trimming but um it's uh it's a, yeah it was a solid slasher the, the effects were were great and uh they were gory. There's there is some great gore in there if that's what you're in for. Yeah, uh, I mean part of the part of the buzz surrounding the thing was that it was making people puke in the theater. And it's like 
you know, as as a person who's ingested quite a lot of horror material over the years, it's like that's a that's a very clever marketing tactic where it's like, well, I'm not gonna puke. <laughs> it's like, it's <laughs> like I'll show them by giving them my money. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I look forward to checking it out. Um, I know it's not really up Kyle's alley. Um, he's he's not so much into like slasher type movies, but I I am so it, I'll I'll be checking it out. But yeah, I was just curious if you knew anything about Screambox because that was a that was some uh, WWF and WCW shit right there. It's like oh yeah, a game in town. I'm it's looking. Like, oh, uh, we're going head to head. Seems like they got a pretty solid selection. I mean, there is seems like there is quite a quite a bit of crossover um, from what I'm seeing. Uh, in terms of titles but yeah it's not not bad uh the question is will they be able to pull in exclusives and originals in the same way that shutter has been able to do pretty pretty consistently uh obviously they didn't get terrifier but uh they have had quite a bit of other stuff um we have uh oh i need to point this one out Uh, i actually already own this one Uh, we have section eight on blu-ray uh from 2022 uh, this is an RLJ Entertainment film, uh, and the sole reason that I own this film is because my boy, Scott Adkins, uh, has a, not a cameo, but he has a small role in this one, and I've started down the path uh, of collecting the entire filmography of Scott Adkins, uh, so if he's in it in any capacity, uh, it's my obligation uh, to, to buy it. Um, this is not good. Uh, this is directed by Christian Sesma, and this has me very, very concerned because, as far as I understand, Scott Adkins, this is his first time working with this director, um, but he has no less than three other films on the horizon working with this director. And it's like, oh no, what did you sign up for, Scott? <laughs> because oh this, this was, this was straight up bad. Um, not every Scott Adkins movie is that. A lot of them are quite good. Accident Man 2, Hitman's Holiday was one of the more fun movies I, I watched this year. Um, I'm also looking forward to a physical media release of that, by the way. Um, but yeah, uh, this was not good. I actually posted an incredibly long review of this on Letterboxd. That is not something I do all the time. Um, but I, I saw this coming like 10, 15 minutes in. And I was like, oh no this is not going to be good so how can i keep how can i keep myself engaged with this well it's like well i can write a review as i'm watching it and just list off all the stupid bullshit that happens in this um so i don't know if any of our listeners are on letterboxd um but i would actually highly encourage you to read that review just so you can get some insight into how my brain works when i'm watching bad movies Uh, because i had a lot of fun writing that um, and hopefully some people have some fun reading it. Um, but yeah, Section 8 is not very good. Although Scott Atkins actually does his job. Like, I feel like he was brought onto this project to save it. Um, that is, sell it to distributors. Um, because it's largely flat aside from his scenes, which I'm fairly certain he probably choreographed and shot himself. There's at least one instance where he is yelling into a camera in his passenger seat in his car that I'm pretty sure is just his his personal cell phone. <laughs> um, but the the fist fight that that caps things off is easily the best part of the film. Um, but the rest of it's just like garbage. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, 
You didn't sell me on it. Um, I wasn't intending to, <laughs> but you you should check out that Letterboxd review. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I will point out that we have something called Doll Shark coming out in 2022 that uh, I don't think is a full moon feature, um, but it probably should be, being as it features a, a little what's it attacking people, I assume, um, and they kind of specialize in that particular brand of schlock. Um, so let's move down to November 22nd. Uh, and right out the gate, uh, we have a movie that I saw for the first time, not on 4K, um, or at least on physical media via the Criterion Collection, but I saw this for the first time like a few weeks ago. Um, we have WALL-E, uh, which I believe is the first, uh, is this Pixar or Disney Pixar production? Yeah, yeah, Disney Pixar, yep. Yeah, it's the first Disney Pixar uh, to be entered into the Criterion Collection. This is this sets one hell of a precedent for sure, um, and this is a fantastic movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm kicking myself over having not watched it until recently. This was a girlfriend pick. She really enjoys this movie, and she was like, "Hey, you should probably watch this." And I, she was right. Um, I actually have a stupid story where I I had the option to see this. Uh, and my friend instead had us watch Wanted in theaters, <laughs> uh, which is a movie nobody remembers. Although I will point out that Morgan Freeman has the line, shoot this motherfucker, <laughs> which is pretty great coming out of Morgan Freeman's mouth in the 2000s. But yeah, it, it was a coin toss between Wanted and Wally. One of these films ended up in the Criterion Collection on 4K. One of them did not. Um, and I saw the one that did not. <laughs> but how about you, Brad? Do you have any connection to Wally? It's been a while. I've only seen it once. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, it's just cool that Criterion is giving these small studios like Disney a little a little hand uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and putting them out there. Um, but no, I mean, I honestly, it's probably a good business decision. I would say for everyone involved in that. Uh, Disney probably says we're not going to, you know, these catalog, you know, releases, we're not going to spend the time releasing our own deluxe 4K versions. Let's just, you know, have some of them go to Criterion and just have them take care of it. We'll just take a little, little bit, a little bit of cash and, uh, let them do all the work. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool. I probably will, uh, probably will pick this up just to, uh, you know, just got to get that Disney film on 4K. Got to get the first one. It's monumental. Or the uh, Criterion 4K, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's important. Like, everything you just said is probably very accurate and important because from a business standpoint, this does make a lot of sense. Like, as, like, Kyle, like, Brad and I both collect movies and stuff. We, we are able to identify these trends. But Disney has made it fairly clear they aren't particularly interested in putting out physical media anymore. So, as Brad said, like, why not take the opportunity to just have someone else do it for you? I mean, your your product is still out there. It's like, okay, you make a little bit less money off of it or something, but we don't even want to be in that business anyway. So mm-hmm. this, is a, this this is a, a win win as far as I can tell. Um, but I was I I would like you to express this on on my show because I was really taken with this idea that you had um, in regards to where this. W- what this precedent could mean for your personal collection of films, because oh. um, on on the Cinema Speak podcast, Brad uh, he connected the dots. He connected the cuts, if you will, <laughs> um, between the release of Wally, a Disney Pixar film, um, to the filmography of David Lynch, 
Mm-hmm. Um, would you care to explain what I'm alluding to here, Brad? Well, just the uh, fact that um, the straight story, which uh, the rights, I believe, for the U.S. are owned by Disney. I think it is. Was it Buena Vista or was it? I uh, think you're right. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's, you know, Disney owns it. It's currently on Disney Plus, but it has not received even a Blu-ray release, let alone a 4K in the U.S. Um, and, you know, Criterion, they love David Lynch. So I think it's pretty safe to say that I mean if, if Disney's going to start licensing stuff to Criterion I feel like one of the first ones at the top of my mind especially if, like if you're you know working at Criterion and you're in the meeting with Disney you would say well can we have the straight story which seems like it'd be a no-brainer to, like in my opinion so I I would not be surprised I would I would say within the year we will get an announcement that the straight story is coming um, they might want to stagger it because they did just release Lost Highway, so maybe they're you know we don't, don't want to have too much Lynch too fast. We don't want Lynch overload, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, impossible, impossible. <laughs> no, I, I, I I'm glad you I, I could get you to express that on my show as well because I I think that's very true. Like I I I wouldn't have thought that route, but um, everything you just said, I think it is going to come to pass. Um, and David Lynch doesn't exactly have the most dense of filmographies, so it stands to reason they will they will find a way to get out there uh, mm-hmm. on the Criterion Collection. So that that's exciting um, for not just for you, but for a lot of people out there. Yeah. Um, now uh, I'm going to get you talking again on the mic here, Brad. In fact, I'm just going to let you take it away because uh, we have a 4K release of one of the few uh thanksgiving related films out there uh, at least like holiday essential films out there uh planes trains uh and automobiles which is often associated with the thanksgiving season now brad there's a story behind this disc apparently and i don't know the details would you care to get me up to speed i mean i uh, before we started recording i kind of was hyping you up on this and to be honest i haven't done too much research on this i just basically just read the blu-ray.com review but it sounds like, uh, yeah, this is getting horrendous uh, picture quality ratings across the board, like to the point where uh, my one buddy who does not, you know, he he, he buys some Blu-rays, he buys a few 4Ks, um, but he's a big fan of this film. And I was I just mentioned it to him. And even he like somebody who doesn't go on Blu-ray dot com or he's, he's not plugged in at all. Even he knew that the picture quality on this is horrendous. Apparently they essentially, they like scrubbed the grain, the natural grain from the picture. And I don't, I don't totally understand this, but the blu-ray.com review says they then replace it after making, after softening everything and making everything look super waxy. They replace it with like, I guess an artificial grain field to maybe lessen the grain or try and control it. Um, which, it feels like it's a bit of a Terminator 2 scenario there. Um, and, yeah, just looking at the screen caps, it does look oddly, like, uncomfortably waxy and, like, the skin tones just don't look right. Like, I mean, I haven't seen it in motion, and I probably won't because I won't be buying this one, I doubt it. But, yeah, something does look quite off if you're looking at the screen caps on Blu-ray.com. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm actually reading the, uh, the review as you speak, and I will point out that the words uh, underwhelming mm-hmm. and uh, shoddy are both expressed uh, in this paragraph of text. So, um, yeah, um, apparently a disaster uh, for a beloved film, which I actually shockingly have never seen. Oh, um, wow. 
And I say shockingly because I I kind of adore both of these guys. Yeah. Like John Candy, pretty much every episode, I say, oh, I miss him. And Steve Martin hasn't passed away, but, you know, Steve Martin, I, I grew up watching a lot of his movies. I've always really liked him. Um, but this is shockingly a movie of theirs that I have not seen. Yeah, I guess the one thing that this release does have going for it is they recently uh, discovered, like, a bunch of deleted scenes, um, which I guess a lot of people are excited about. I'm not a big deleted scene guy. I'll just throw it out there. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not into that shit. Like you know, put it in the movie or don't. I don't. I don't care. But I'm not into that. So it doesn't really do much for me. Um, so yeah, even though I kind of, it's been. I've seen this film. I think only once, and it's it's been a, a little while. So I was kind of like you know, I was in the zone to watch it, and it just uh, you know, Paramount really uh, really screwed the pooch on this one. And then some. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, beside that, though, we have uh, Malcolm X on 4K from 1992. This is another Criterion release from Spike Lee. This has long been on my to-do list. However, the runtime has always been what scared me away from it because it's an extraordinarily long film, uh, but as evidenced by its entry into the Criterion collection, also a very, very good film. Um, we also have High Plains Drifter on 4K from 1973. Um, this is directed and starring uh, Clint Eastwood. Um, I get my wires crossed on some of these these westerns from this era, but I, I want to say this is... I can't remember if this is like a subversive one or if I'm getting my wires crossed, but if, it, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's one that I really do want to get... I, I do want to get it, like straight up, just get it. Because uh, if this if this is the one I'm thinking of, it it's a fairly cynical, fairly mm-hmm. dark uh, for Western standards. Which you know, was the early '70s. That's typically the case with '70s fucking movies. Yeah, yeah. I I actually have the Blu-ray of this, the keynote release. Um, didn't watch it yet, yet. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, we also have The Company of Wolves, uh, Collector's Edition on 4K from Shout Factory. Um, I know nothing about this except for the transformation effects. Um, there's a iconic werewolf transformation uh, in this movie that I, I've seen, um, but I have not seen the rest of the movie. I can't speak to its overall quality, but uh, 1984, this was, you know, post uh the howling and post american werewolf in london but somehow uh, their approach with the werewolf effect managed to be distinct and very very effective um, we also have rollerball on 4k from 1975 also shout factory um i was semi obsessed with this movie for like five minutes when i was a little kid <laughs> um, and then i saw the movie and it was all right oh, okay. um, but there was an old sci-fi book we had in our school like our elementary school library where they had a chapter devoted to rollerball, and I was like, "Oh man, that seems like the coolest thing ever!" It's like it's like football with spiked knuckles and roller skates. That's the coolest sport ever. <laughs> so I really, really wanted to see rollerball when I was a little kid, and then I think my dad rented it from the library or something. I was like, "Oh, that wasn't very good." <laughs> but it's it is good. It's just not what I imagined, and you know, no movie can measure up to the imagination of a child. But uh, starring James Con, who of course recently passed away very unfortunate uh, have you seen this one brett no i've never seen this one um yeah i'd be i'd be curious uh just because of the premise and james con but not something i'm gonna rush out and snag 
no this is not a run out and grab kind of movie but um if you're i don't know if you're in the mood for this particular era of like sci-fi dystopian cinema uh, it's it's one of the sometimes overlooked movies uh, from that era exploring that particular subject matter um we have mystery men on 4k from 1999 um this movie i have reappraised so many fucking times because i remember not getting much out of it when i first saw it as a as like a a teenager or like a like i think i was in middle school Uh, but then i saw it like several years later and i was like you know there's something going on here like the mystery men's not bad and i think now that i'm I'm a full-grown grown-ass adult I kind of like Mystery Men, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, how mm-hmm. about you? Yeah, I like it uh, a fair bit, and it's one I watched, uh, you know, a decent amount when I was, uh, like, uh, you know, preteen, you know, that era, 10, 12, 13, around there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I watched it not too long ago, actually, and uh, I, I think it holds up pretty well. It's pretty clever. Um, I actually I kind of really like a lot of the direction in it, and it's weird that the guy who directed it i don't think he's like done anything else if i'm remembering correctly there's a rumor that i don't know if it's been squashed but uh, back in the day the rumor was this is actually a tim burton movie or some shit mm. um i don't i'm not inclined to believe that but it does actually have a lot of his vibes um i can see where like it, it definitely would be inspired by him for sure it, yeah it, it has a lot of his trademarks in it um but i that's the story i don't know if that has any sort of validity to it but uh, it has a great look um it makes wonderful use of an incredibly talented cast like it's pretty it's staggering actually in retrospect like holy shit like the number of names and faces in here is pretty impressive i mean we even got west studi um it's like i love seeing west studi and things um but yeah uh mystery men on 4k that's kind of a big deal um we also have Shrek 2, uh, Shrek, the internet's favorite, what's it, Shrek? <laughs> Some Someday, there will be nothing left of humanity but Shrek memorabilia and Sh- <laughs> Shrek iconography. <laughs> that will be humanity's legacy, <laughs> is the image of Shrek and his stupid mug. Um, we have Sony Pictures Classics, 30 fucking movie, or 30th anniversary collection. Not going to name all the movies collected in here, but it's a big fucking box probably mostly filled with good things not gonna list them off though uh we have peacemaker the complete first season uh kyle actually pointed to that as uh the first thing i should watch with my brand spanking new hbo subscription Uh, would you agree with that brad or is that a gross overstatement (laughs) i mean i wouldn't say it's the first thing you should watch but (laughs) i mean i do agree with him that it, it is surprisingly very good um i mean is it as good as uh some of the other content on there like the wire or the sopranos maybe not but no it's it's um it's good and i'm sure that was when peacemaker was still probably had just come out am i am i correct in that yeah it was around the time i think i remember him saying that on the show at some point (laughs) but it's good yeah yeah i i will end up watching this i'm fairly certain Mm -hmm. um we have Ski Patrol from MVD. We have Pennywise, colon, the story of It, which I have to assume is a documentary about It, about the probably the book and just the pop culture footprint of the character of Pennywise the Clown. Um, 
interesting subject for a documentary uh one that i would definitely watch actually <laughs> i'm not sure about buy but definitely watch mm-hmm. uh we have ipman and ipman 2 getting 4k releases they already had that though not sure why we're reissuing those uh we have bros uh from 2022 uh, i know this was a, a comedy that made some waves but i don't think I don't think was seen by that many people, but I do know that its release was anticipated at the time. Yeah, I think the, the most of the waves was uh, it it didn't do too well in its opening weekend, and the, the star, Billy Eichner, uh, kind of took to Twitter, and uh, people kind of, I feel like they kind of dragged him for it. He was kind of, you know, passing the blame off on a lot of other people. Um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but, I mean, it's kind of like, it doesn't really have any big stars in it or anything like that, so... I don't know, but it's directed by the guy who did um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I forget his name, but uh, I I would like to check this out because, yeah, I I like that film a lot. I'm not like a Billy Eichner fan necessarily, but uh, I've I've heard it. This is it is good. Yeah, uh, that's what I heard as well. Uh, As far as I know, you're you're right. It didn't do well, but most reviews I saw for it were positive. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, We have a movie that I... I am curious about, but I don't know if it's any good. Um, hatching. Well, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just happened to watch this last night. Oh, um, yeah. Um, I would say that it is, I don't want to say it's not good, but I don't know if I would say it's good. It's, I don't know, it's... it's. Is it about trauma, Brad? It's it's I actually not about trauma, um, but it is kind of one of those horror films where it's all sort of just metaphorical and allegorical and oh god damn it doesn't Why really can't it just be a monster comes out of an egg and rips faces yeah and it doesn't really like it's it's kind of thing where it's like if you or if you take away the fact that it's like a metaphor like there's really not much there otherwise. Um, and we just one it like it's not bad but one thing that kind of was like i didn't like and i get it uh, again it works for the metaphor or whatever blah 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 but the, something i didn't like about it is it's about this young girl who discovers an egg and the egg grows and out of it hatches this bird like creature and the creature actually it looks great it's off putting it's grotesque i'm like okay this is cool like the movie started kind of good but the creature slowly starts to turn. I don't know if this is a spoiler. I don't think. Hopefully not. This creature slowly starts to turn into the young girl. So as the movie goes on, the creature gets less and less grotesque and interesting. And it's like the, it's basically the opposite of David Cronenberg's The Fly. It gets more and more boring as it goes oh. on. Oh like, no! What? This is like, this is, I mean, <laughs> and again, it, with the whole metaphor, like uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense, but it's like, like eh, I don't know. It it was fine, but it, it didn't do much for me. Wow, that you, you, wow, you really ruined that movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> not not the spoiler, but just like that's not a direction I want to see that particular story go. And um, there, there are it also few... makes me think of splice a little bit, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Like there are a few moments where the creature is transitioning from bird to human that are kind of cool that I liked. But I mean, the last half hour I was like really kind of like done. Like, I mean, when are we going to get to the fireworks factory? Oh, 
you mean we started at the fireworks yeah, factory basically. and we left? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we spent the whole movie leaving the fireworks factory? <laughs> 100%, yeah. That's some bullshit. Uh, so, yeah, probably not going to be watching Hatching. Um, the Blood Beast Terror from 1968, starring Peter Cushing, uh, 5-25-1977, or 77, rather, uh, which refers to the release date of Star Wars! Uh, we have Extra uh, Hair Extensions from 2007. Uh, that's a, I believe that's a Japanese horror film that, uh, oh, wow, it's also a Shion Sono film. I didn't actually know that, but um, this was one of those movies that I read about quite a lot at the time of its initial release, but I want to say this is the first time it's appearing on Blu-ray in this country, um, so that's kind of a big deal to fans of J-horror of the 2000s. Mm. Um we have Contraband from 1980. Um, I need to know what that font is. I saw I saw this font no less than three times yesterday. I've seen this font everywhere, but I don't actually know it. Uh, Contraband from 1980, folks, if you're at all curious. Um, I'm going to kick it over to you, Brad, because um, I'm not seeing anything else for the remainder of the week. Uh, do you? See I mean, interesting. Not really. The only other thing I'll mention is uh, "Murder in a Blue World," which, to go along with "Contraband," is another Cauldron release. Um, and I think these are just like the standard editions because previously they had like the limited edition slipcovers available um, on their website. I think um, so. These are just the the standards. Um, don't really know much about the actual film, so I I won't say anything about it. But <laughs> Um, the the one Cauldron Films release that I watched, I did enjoy. So they, they seem they do a pretty good job. Okay, well, good to know. Um, I will point out that there's a a film with a snazzy cover called Crabs with an exclamation point uh, from 2021, uh, director's edition. Uh, this is being put out by somebody because they failed to list who the distributor is. <laughs> Um, but I kind of dig the cover art. Very yeah. snazzy. Uh, the the cover also seems to allude to some potential uh, daikaiju action in here as opposed to just tiny crabs. Could be fun. Um, probably terrible. Um, moving on, though. Uh, now things are going to get cluttered and ugly because we're entering into the uh, vinegar syndrome uh, portion of the release date calendar. So... Brad, you're going to have to help me out a lot because this oh, is boy. a fucking mess. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, to start with the mess, I mean, the group of releases here aren't even on the right day. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, you've got Roadhouse 4K, Freeway 4K, Invisible Maniac 4K, um, all pretty big releases. Um Roadhouse, I'm sure, is the biggest of those. Uh, I have not seen Roadhouse. I own it on Blu-ray. Never watched it. Um, but uh, gotta say, not a fan of uh, the cover artwork there. Uh, I I've never seen the movie, but I feel like it not really fit in the vibe. I think it is the dude designs. I'm guessing. That looks right. Yeah. yeah. That looks like his style and or their style. I'm not sure. He, uh, yeah, you know, c- can be good sometimes, uh, but sometimes not. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll give him credit. Like, he, I mean, he's a great artist. I just sometimes I don't know how, if it fits the the vibe of the movie necessarily. Um, but uh, Freeway, I'm kind of 
intrigued in. Never heard of this until Vinegar Syndrome announced it, but uh, Kiefer Sutherland and uh, um, uh, Reese Witherspoon, I mean, and a bit of a cat-and-mouse thriller. I mean, sign me up. And it feels like, uh, from what I can tell, there's a bit of a flipping the villain on their head kind of thing where I I feel like I, I watched the trailer when they announced this, and I think starts with, Reese Witherspoon is a hitchhiker. Kiefer Sutherland picks her up, and she tries to rob him, from what I can tell. But then it turns out he is a serial killer. Kind of <laughs> made me think of Don't Breathe a little bit, the idea that they break into this guy's house, and then he ends up being the villain. Um, so, yeah, some fun stuff there. I, I, I can see myself picking up this one in a future sale. Yeah. Um, Invisible Maniac I don't know anything about, but it looks it looks like a raunchy boob cam- comedy. Um and then we have the Homegrown Horrors Volume 2 box that we talked about at the top of the episode. Um, beautiful cover art. Uh, presumably also a handsome box that comes in as well, if it's anything like the previous uh, Homegrown Horrors release. And that one is also the dude designs. And I'll give him, I like the, he does a good job with the Homegrown Horrors collections. That, I'm going to, I'm going to go both that side. I'm going to give him a constructive criticism and a compliment. So good, good, good on you, dude. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we also have Evil Laugh from 1986. Uh, that's probably the least of the titles that that we're going to be listing off here. Um, we also have a Cynthia Rothrock film, uh, Sworn to Justice from 1996. Uh, she's one of those uh, martial artists uh, that I I've seen very little of her films because I feel like you probably have to be very selective as to which ones you explore because. Um, I feel like her perform, like the strength of her performances, is partially dependent on the strength of the choreographer and the director. Um, and I want to say the majority of her American filmography, she's paired with people who don't know how to use her, or people who aren't able to get, like, able to push her as hard as some of the Hong Kong directors did. Um, some of her stuff in Hong Kong is absolutely incredible. Um, but I really have not seen much of her American filmography, but she does seem to have like a, she and Don the Dragon uh, both seem to have like a a deal with Vinegar Syndrome right now because um, they both dubbed some of the voices in uh, New York Ninja, Mm. uh, which is the Vinegar Syndrome movie uh, that they assembled uh, off of, I think just like raw footage that they they obtained, Um, but they, they did the dubs for that and then shortly thereafter i started noticing a lot of don don the dragon wilson and cynthia rothrock movies popping up in their catalog so uh they must be in good with them these days but um i'm just gonna let you uh roll for a bit brad um call out any releases that that jump out at you skip over any that that you got nothing (laughs) well i mean there's there's some here that i i really don't have much to say like uh we have um don't open till christmas um we have hang on i accidentally jumped to the top of the page uh um don't open until christmas the werewolf versus the vampire woman which that is 4k uh surprisingly <laughs> um blood delirium i'm pretty sure is uh vinegar syndrome also i mean the the big one for me that i'm quite excited for is uh texas chainsaw massacre 2 which uh i mean that and Roadhouse, like those are pretty big gets for Vinegar Syndrome. Like I would, I would say those are probably the that I can think of the two biggest titles that they've 
ever released. I mean, I, I can't really think of anything that would top either of those off the top of my head. Yeah, me neither. Um, I know, I think it was a month or two ago, probably a couple months ago, um, you pointed out the fact that uh, the fan base uh, apparently has taken issue with uh, their acquisition of more, quote, mainstream films as mm-hmm. of late. Um, I believe it all began with Am- Amityville Horror. Yeah, that's another big one, I guess, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, within the last however many months, that's three heavy hitters. Yeah. But Roadhouse was referenced extensively on fucking Family Guy. Yeah. It, it's it's part of the pop culture, you know, tapestry of, of 80 schlock. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Come on, man. That's a that's a a high budget canon production directed by toby hooper like like these are mainstream films that we're getting into now um very off-brand for vinegar syndrome at least in terms of the like caliber of film that we're talking about um but i'm curious what it represents as a precedent for like the the ongoing direction of the label but um I'm not surprised that, you know, some of the hipsters out there are upset that, like, oh, why are you putting out Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 when you could be putting out, I don't know, Penitentiary 3, another canon <laughs> Right. I mean, yeah, there's definitely, they're hitting a few more mainstream releases. But, I mean, I still think maybe it's just that I don't know all that much when it comes to schlock. But, I mean... We just look at these titles here. Don't open till Christmas. The Werewolf versus Vampire Woman and Blood Delirium. I mean, in my opinion, they're still, you know, they're. I think they're hitting both ends of the spectrum. Like, you know, they still have their underseen stuff that probably would never get a release without them. And then, yeah, they release a few high-profile titles. And uh, I don't know if anybody's even received the copies of these yet because they just came out. But I'm sure they're gonna you know look great and uh you know they're loaded with bonus features and yeah i think it's i think it's pretty great what they're doing um and honestly overall the last like year of vinegar syndrome hasn't like totally wowed me like i feel like the last 6 months like they haven't really released a lot of stuff that's made me go oh that's cool um but uh so i probably will not be doing the subscriber package um but uh i i still uh i still really dig what they're doing and yeah i um will probably be picking up texas chainsaw massacre 2 in the next sale yeah no i mean toby hooper i mean what was it was it hooptober hooptober yeah hooptober yeah yeah so toby hooper is very much on brad's radar at the moment especially so yeah i i would fully expect you to grab this one and i'd be curious to hear what the what the disc ends up playing like but um we also have from fun city editions cutters way um and uh from factory 25 in the soup uh which has uh steve buscemi trying to kiss me on the cover <laughs> um we have a bunch of stuff that i'm going to skip over but i will point out that we have burning paradise a chinese film from 1994 being put out by vinegar syndrome mm-hmm. a film noir box set from kino uh, and then Don't Worry Darling uh, being put out on 4K. Now, this was the movie that um, kind of blew up the internet there for a minute uh, with discussions having nothing to do with the movie itself. <laughs> um, did you end up seeing this one, Brad? Yeah, um, it was not great. I mean, it's pretty middle of the road, to be totally honest. Um, it may be worth like a, a rental or if it's streaming somewhere uh, that easily to watch, but... 
um, I won't be picking up the 4K. That's that's for sure. Yeah, I I might get roped into watching this with the girlfriend because I think it is on HBO at the moment. But I I was mostly just watching the media circus surrounding the movie rather than having any real interest in it. Um, but more than likely, I'll end up watching it. Um, we have Emily the Criminal from 2022 from Vertical Entertainment. Uh, this is from John Patton Ford and is headlined by Aubrey Plaza. I seem to remember this getting a lot of positive buzz. Uh, do you know anything about this one, Brad? I don't really know much about it, but I, I do remember people saying it was quite good. Um, so it's kind of been on my radar because of that. Yeah, I, I don't know any details, but it does have a certified fresh stamp on the cover. So I guess that means something. Uh, we have Legend of Dinosaurs and Monster Birds uh, from 1977. This is a, a very strange Japanese film with some really strange uh, dinosaur effects um, and a very strange soundtrack. It's very jazzy. It's very like smooth jazzy when people are getting eaten by dinosaurs and shit. <laughs> it's very weird. But um, we have uh, The Offer from 2022. Um, yeah, this is the uh, series about the making of The Godfather. Oh, I'd mm-hmm. be very interested if that's any good, because that's a subject that interests me, but execution's important. Yeah, um, I've heard it's not bad. Uh, again, it was a Paramount release, so I think it kind of just, uh, you know, flew, flew under the radar. Not many people saw it, but um, yeah, I, I would be curious to watch this for sure. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm glad I... Uh highlighted that one and you told me what it was about because uh, that that is a subject that if it's any good i would definitely watch that um we have shanghai joe from cauldron films um we have emergency declaration from 2021 this is a uh, a south korean uh disaster thriller that i know was a very high profile release over there i don't know if it's any good but i know it was like a a, a big movie like a blockbuster movie with a really all-star cast um, we have heartland of darkness from 1992 from visual vengeance uh doing what they usually do by uh, uh giving us a snazzy cover to a movie that is probably absolute total fucking garbage um <laughs> but uh they do seem to know what they're doing though um and i think that's about it brad because i'm not seeing anything else that jumps out at me here uh, I mean, last thing I'll just mention real quick because I don't have much to say. Uh, Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon, um, mm. which is directed by Anna Lily Amapur, who did um, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night and mm, some other film that I don't remember the name of. But uh, her debut, that A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, got quite a bit of buzz. And it, it was good. Um, but I feel like uh, she's kind of dropped off quite a bit she did do an episode of that uh guillermo del toro uh horror anthology on netflix um and i thought her episode was good but i i might check this out just because of uh her name being attached to it good to know Uh, i wasn't aware of that but um how was that guillermo del toro show by the way it's it's pretty good uh i have not watched all the episodes yet but pretty much everyone i've seen so far has been solid to almost great like they've been quite good I, I, there hasn't been a stinker yet that i've seen uh, i don't know much about it but i caught a uh, teaser trailer and just the imagery was enough to get it on my radar yeah um the the episode from the fellow who made mandy 
um just the imagery like again I, I think i watched it muted also i was just like whoa yeah okay yeah. I, i'm sold i don't even know what this is but it looks interesting mm-hmm. and sometimes that's all you need oh uh i will point out um we have a super duper collector's edition of the green knight uh being put out exclusively by the a24 shop uh at the end of the month on november 30th uh so any uh green knight fans out there if you want to get the super duper ultimate collector's edition you got to go to the a24 website um looks very similar in concept to the midsummer uh director's cut um i don't know if this features uh a feature like a director's cut um because that was kind of a big selling point for that particular release but worth noting um okay brad well uh we made it through the calendar took us a minute but we made it through it um and as is customary folks at home uh, we'll wrap things up um by just going through the calendar and citing examples of any things that we might uh put on our to-do list as something to watch uh potentially rent or buy um, so I'll let Brad have a minute to collect his thoughts as I work my way backward uh, through the calendar. Um, but honestly, I feel like this is going to be a very, very thin month for me personally. Um, I actually didn't buy any anything really for Black Friday stuff. I was unfortunately too busy to really do anything about it. Uh, so I missed out uh, this year, but you know, maybe next year. Um, and I'm rambling at this point because I have yet to find something that I'm going to buy and I'm halfway through the calendar. Uh, so, um, still working, still working. Um, I mean, you didn't buy anything on Black Friday. You should have money to spend. You got money to burn, bud. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wayne's world. Um, I'm not sure if I need a 4k of that. Um, but I probably should own Wayne's world just because it is a movie that I find myself in the mood for pretty much anytime uh and you know it's a movie i i actually know that the girlfriend would be fine with watching pretty much anytime and i don't have many of those movies brad because too many of my movies are about punching and you know only like maybe i'm an exception like like maybe i'm the one person who can handle punch movies all the time (laughs) but like for me it's like yeah sure i can watch ultra violent punching movies pretty much anything yeah you know the girlfriend she's like gotta kind of be in the mood for that <laughs> it's like, don't you don't you like to laugh like like no no not really i like to watch people get punched in the face um my god uh i am at a loss i have yet to find anything and i'm very near the top wow. fuck wow um starship troopers was already released so that technically doesn't count um top gun maverick may be it it may be the only one that i can assure you i will be purchasing yeah well it's a Ouch. good one to go i'm with. sorry november <laughs> that 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 stings that's that's a first in the history of this show mm-hmm. well hey i mean that's all right i think it might be kind of a lighter month for me as well i mean uh i don't know does this count i i think top gun maverick might be showing up in my stocking this christmas i i think uh my girlfriend was like, "What do you What do you want for Christmas?" And um, I was like, "Well, let me let me give her probably the easiest movie to go out to the store and buy uh, Top Gun Maverick. Can't go anywhere with that." <laughs> um, so I, I mean, if I don't get it for Christmas, uh, I will be picking. <laughs> not only will I be pissed, but then I will be picking it up. Um, 
No, no, no. I, um, but uh, Earth Girls are easy. I will be buying. Uh, maybe uh, if I go to uh, Walmart tomorrow to get some Cheetos mac and cheese, I'll uh, throw it in my cart. That, uh, that's that's the recurring pattern. <laughs> like a Vestrond <laughs> and a mac and cheese. Yep, yeah, and I don't know why because I can get that Cheetos mac and cheese anywhere else, but I, I only get it at Walmart when I go buy my Vestrons. It's just kind of Oh, million-dollar crossover idea mac and cheese coupon with your per- with purchase of Vestron video Now titles. we're talking. Now we are talking. Oh, you're... You got to you got to get on the Twitter. You got to poke yeah, about that. Yeah. <laughs> um Reservoir Dogs definitely I will be picking that one up. That's for sure. Um Infernal Affairs trilogy. I I came close to getting it in uh the uh Criterion sale. I'm thinking when criterion.com has their next sale. I might do that because for some reason I I do a thing where the Barnes and Noble sale I generally uh, just get individual movies and then when Criterion has their sale I usually spring on like one box set um, so and this is technically a box set because it's three movies so I might be doing that um, and let's see that might be uh, Mystery Men maybe potentially um, and then Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 will be next Vinegar Syndrome sale, but for sure that will be picked up in the next Vinegar Syndrome sale. For Got to get it before the next Hooptober. So. <laughs> yeah, actually, that'd probably be a really good time for yeah. it. You know, keep keep that rolling because, you know, Toby Hooper's got a... He's got a pretty large filmography. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's got a lot of underseen films in particular. You got to do The Mangler. I, I hear about The Mangler. I just recently <laughs> bought it on Blu-ray. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I need to roll it back a bit. Uh, I lied uh, because um, I I did purchase a couple of movies that were released this month. Um, Section eight, which mm. is not good. I just felt I need to reiterate that. Um, and the the Shout Factory Sunny Chiba collection. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I did pick those up. But aside from that, Top Gun Maverick. That's that's it. That's it, and that's all. Um, but yeah, uh, kind of an interesting month for releases. Uh, not exactly like really essential ones but like very uh top heavy with holiday releases like like anticipating christmas season like stocking stuff or purchases mm-hmm. and stuff yeah uh, so i'm curious what comes out in december because I, I i haven't looked ahead but my my spider sense is telling me it's probably going to be a big month like like i feel like this was just a prelude for like the actual like tidal wave of big stuff that's going to be coming out um, but yeah, uh, that concludes our discussion of the uh, Blu-ray releases for November 2022. Um, but uh, I need to thank you, Brad, uh, for joining me uh, in talking about these movies. I always appreciate your help. And it's always nice to just chat for a bit. Yeah. Um, but before we go, uh, would you care to let the folks at home know where they can find you and your very awesome podcast? Yeah, it's the Cinema Speak podcast. Uh, we are on uh, Twitter at the Cinema Speak on Instagram cinema speak podcast and on youtube as cinema speak uh you can find us on any podcasting platform um we're on itunes stitcher spotify and uh you can find us on the web at cinemaspeak.libsyn.com well said thanks for that um as for myself uh and catching up on cinema you can catch up on all of our catching up on cinema content by navigating to our website at catchinguponcinema.com it hasn't been updated in a minute i'm well aware of that fuck off um 
you can also find me on the social medias in the form of the Instagram at catching up on cinema, as well as the Twitter at catching cinema. So feel free to hit me up at either of those. Uh, and you can also find the podcast on pretty much every platform you can imagine, including Bitcade. So fucking Google it. And that being said, thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time. Bye.